Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Angel. Recorded live. Angel. Form of men. And cohabit with the women. And they brought forth, not, uh, not fully human, but a perversion. Giant. Cyclops. Perverted giants. What's the purpose of the devil? To, to stop a seed. Are you listening, church? All right? So what happened is that the Lord saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. I don't have time. I want to bring this to a close, but listen carefully. God, God saw all flesh was corrupted. And then God went to Noah. Listen carefully. Only eight people, there was a time on earth that this profusion of uh, half-breed fallen angels and men was so abundant, so uh, 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 widespread in the earth at that time, in the number of years they had, of course it can spread until only eight people were left. Mr. and Mrs. Noah, their three sons, and the girls they married. And God said, how do I know? Because God said to Noah, you have I seen righteous, and Noah, you are blameless. The word perfect and blameless, listen carefully, perfect and blameless is the word used for body. In other words, your body is completely human. There is no mixture of fallen angels. Are you with me? So God sending the flood, listen carefully, God sending the flood is not to destroy Tom, Dick and Harry. Alright, God sending the flood is to destroy all this widespread population of wickedness, offspring, of giants. And God preserved the only man left in the ark, Noah and seven others. Are you listening, church? So that God says, from them will come full humans on earth. So what's the devil trying to do again? Trying to stop the seed from coming. Are you all with me so far? You know, people make it sound like God is very angry. God sent the flood and destroy men. Or oh, you are. You're smoking too much. I'll destroy you. You know, you are. Don't like your face. I'll destroy you. Stand flat, stand flat, stand flat, you know? No, God is not that kind of God. God sent the flood to destroy that, the old inhabitants because they became so widespread. Are you with me? Alright? And God preserved the full human stock, fully human stock in the ark. And then when the waters receded, from them came all the nations of the earth. Okay? Are you with me so far? Shall I stop here? Just a bit more. I find this interesting. So finally when Jesus came, alright, by the way, these, uh, uh, these demons that cohabited with the women, God made sure that it will never happen again. Because after the flood, they did it again. Alright, and they were giants. And these are the giants that God says destroyed the Anakims. You know who are they? They are giants. Remember David? David killed who? Goliath. Goliath was a giant. Many of them have uh, extra toes, extra fingers and all that. Alright, they are, they are huge, they are tall. That's why God made, do you understand why God says destroy the, all of them? Uh, babies even. Now do you understand? These are not full human stock. Yeah. Amen. So, the first time God destroyed them by the flood, 
The second time, because God promised Noah, I will never send the flood again. But then they are, they are coming out again. So God raised Israel and people like David to destroy them. Now, today they are no more around, so don't look around. Some people are just tall. All right? Amen? The short ones say, hey, see, I'm not a giant. But you're falling short of the glory, bro. Okay, anyway. Look at this. Uh, what happened to this giant? Will this happen again? You know, they, they have words like succubus and incubus. Where these demons, these are different. These demons are just demons. But those demons are bound. They never can be released. Look at Jude. Jude says, And the angels who did not keep their proper domain. In other words, they were angels, fallen angels. They are referring to fallen angels. They were fallen angels, but they didn't remain as fallen angels. You know what happened to them? All right? They tried to become men. God says, God, and they left their own abode. God has reserved in everlasting chains under darkness for the judgment of the great day. So there are some demons around today. They are not the ones that cohabited with the women. But there are demons around. These are not the ones. But the ones that are bound forever, all right, God's not releasing them, are those in Noah's time. And those that came to the women. So women, rest easy. Your husband is not a giant. He's not a demon. Okay? Are you with me? All right, so praise God. Last two verses to close, okay? So what does all this mean? It means this. If Christ is not risen, 1 Corinthians 15. If Christ is not risen, your faith is futile, you are still in your sins. Now, did I explain that Jesus went to the... that resounded to the corridors of hell. That's what he went to do. He didn't go and preach the gospel to them. Alright, they are bound forever. You understand? And these are the spirits that he preached to. They were disobedient during the time of Noah. Okay, now, the Bible says if Christ is not risen, what happens? You are still in your sins. But we know Christ is risen. That means what? We are no more in our sins. Look at Romans 4, alright? Verse 24, verse also for us, it shall be imputed to us who believe in Jesus who raised up, or in God who raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered up because of our offenses and was raised because of our justification. I want to, say, I want to ask you this real quick. All right? What does it mean? He was raised because of our justification. What does it mean? Does it mean that God raised Jesus to justify us? What does it mean? Okay, the same meaning. The first one says he was delivered up because of our offenses. Now, when you study this, in the Greek, the word because of our offenses, because of our justification, is not the usual word you use for. Alright, it's the word dia. Dia means on account of, through the means of. In other words, why did Jesus go to the cross? On account of our offenses. Correct? Why did God raise Jesus from the dead? on account of the fact that we are made righteous. Oh, Amen. did you hear that now? Now, say this with me. Every single one of my sins, all together, every single one of my sins was laid to Jesus' charge. And every single one of my sins was on Jesus. 
When God raised him from the dead, God cleared him of all my sins. What does that mean? You are cleared. Now, let me show you this, this verse, alright, in the uh, Young's translation. Who was delivered up because of our offenses and was raised up because of our being declared righteous. Does it help? In other words, now say this after me. Okay, I want you to say this. If one of my sins remain on Jesus, and it's not judged, even one, God cannot raise Jesus from the dead. Do you understand that? God raised Jesus because we were declared what? Righteous. God did not raise Jesus because He's His Son. That He always was. The Bible, says, the Bible tells us clearly He was raised because we were declared righteous. The same person, the same body of Jesus that bore all my sins and your sins was raised without our sins. What does that mean? The moment God says, you are righteous son, you are righteous daughter, God raised Jesus. Whoa! You hardly hear this. You only hear Jesus rose from the dead on resurrection day to conquer death for all of us. And that's about it. No, it's much more than that. His resurrection is the divine receipt. That you are righteous. You are justified. You are now justified in the risen state of Jesus. And the risen state of Jesus is eternal. Therefore, you cannot lose your righteousness and your state of justification because you are in the risen Jesus. And in the risen Jesus, he is incapable of failure. Therefore, you cannot lose this righteousness. You cannot lose this state of justification. God cannot improve on it. It cannot be repeated. What you have is everlasting justification before God. Amplified translation of this verse. Who was betrayed and put to death because of our misdeeds and was raised to secure our justification, our acquittal, making our account balanced and absorbing us from all guilt before God. The moment God says, you and I, we are righteous, every sin has been paid, God raised Jesus as a testimony. Wow! Hallelujah! No wonder Jesus' first word is what? Peace be unto you. Amen? Amen. One last verse, one last verse. I said two, right? Three. Last one. <laughs> Hebrews 9, 28. So Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many. Now this word once, hapax in Greek, means once and for all. To bear the sins of many. To those who eagerly wait for him, he will appear a second time apart from sin for salvation. Now, this salvation here is not to save us from sins. Salvation here is for our bodily salvation. Alright, forevermore. Our new body. Now watch this. He will appear a second time apart from sin. What does it mean, apart from sin? What does it mean, apart from sin? The word apart here in the Greek is very interesting. I studied this. Uh, I broke it down to study all the eight books I can get on this word. And this word literally means, it blew my mind the first time. It means not apart like Jesus comes sinless. Obviously, he's, it's obvious he's sinless, isn't it? Alright? Apart from sin means with nothing to do with sin. Nothing to say to sin. And then I found out that in the New Living Translation, it bears that out. New Living Translation. 
he will come again. Not to deal with, let's read the whole thing. Also Christ died for how long? Once for all time as a sacrifice to take away the sins of many people. He will come again not to deal with our sins, but to bring salvation to all who are eagerly waiting for him. No, no, that, that, that goes against the grain of many end-time teachings. End-time teachings, you better prepare your heart. He might come. It might be afterwards. Never know. It might be tonight. Are you ready? Get right with God. Get right or get left. <laughs> Are you ready? It's not about you. It's not about you. It's not about what you have done, your best. It's nothing to do with you. It's got to do with Jesus and what he has done. And the Bible is very clear. When he comes again, he comes not to deal with our sin. It's done once and for all. Once and for all. Amplified. Even so, it is that Christ, having been offered to take upon himself and bear as a burden the sins of many, how often? Once and once for all will appear a second time, not to carry any burden of sin, nor to deal with sin, but to bring to full salvation those who are eagerly, constantly, patiently waiting for and expecting Him. Amen! Amen. Amen. Hallelujah! Not to deal with your sins anymore! See? This great revolution all over the world is still in its infancy. We, we, you know, we are, we are thinking that he's going to come again. He's going to talk to me and say, what have you done? Have you cleared your heart from sin? He's not going to come to deal with sins. It's so clear. Amplified makes it clearer. Not to carry, carry, carry. Not to deal, to deal, to deal with sin. It's amplified translation. <laughs> Church, he did it once and for all. Your sins are put away. Once and for all, give him praise. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank God. Thank God. There is a hell to be shunned. A place of suffering, but we are, we are not people that belong there. We are people that belong to heaven. It's very sad. I hear people saying things like, whether we end up in heaven or we end up in hell, no one knows, you know. You know, some Christians, they go to church and they sit on their blessed assurance. They make fun of people. They even make fun of that hymn, that beautiful hymn, Blessed Assurance. Christians like to sit on their blessed assurance. What a mockery. You should expect this from the world, not from Christians. They make fun of people who know they are going to heaven, who know their sins are forgiven. It's almost like to live in the realm of maybe I'm forgiven, maybe I'm not. It's more religious, but it's not pleasing to God. When His Son went through hell to give you heaven, to forgive you of your sins, and then you go and say, maybe, maybe, maybe not, maybe not. We are forgiven of our sins, amen. Once and for all, hallelujah. When it comes again, it's not to deal with my sins ever again, hallelujah. those who are waiting for Him. Are you waiting for Him? Waiting for Him are all believers. All true believers are waiting for Jesus. 
When He comes again, He's going to bring a salvation for our bodies. Not for our spirits and souls. That has already been accomplished. The moment you believe on Christ, you are safe for time and eternity. The moment you believe on God who raised Jesus from the dead, because He was delivered on account of our offenses, and He was raised on account of our justification. My friend, if you believe that, you are ready to receive Jesus Christ. I'm not asking you to accept a religion. This is not a religion. This is a relationship with the God of heaven who loved you so much He sent His Son to die for your sins. Say this from your heart. If you want Jesus and His forgiveness in your life, if you want to be born again, my friend, pray this prayer. Pray this prayer with me from your heart. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe Jesus is the Son of God. I believe you loved me. Send your Son to die for me. And on that cross, His blood was shed, washing me clean of every sin. Thank you, Father. It's a once and for all deal. Jesus has put away all my sins by the sacrifice of Himself. And when I was declared righteous, You raised Him from the dead. Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior now and forever. Thank you, Father. I am gloriously saved. All my sins are forgiven. Past, present, and future. I am now your son. I belong to you. I'm highly favored. In Jesus' name. And all the people said, Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. If you have just prayed the prayer to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, we want to welcome you to a new life filled with the goodness and abundant grace of Jesus. To help you begin this journey, we would like to bless you with an ebook titled The One Thing, 31-Day Devotional by Pastor Joseph Prince. Receive daily bite-sized inspirations of the favor, healing, and provision that God has for you. Simply log on to josephprince.org salvation and download your free copy today. Get ready to experience the amazing love of God. I'm just so grateful for Pastor Prince and him introducing me to the beautiful person of Jesus. He paints the person of Jesus better with words than anybody I think I've ever heard. He totally changed my life. I fell in love with God again. The Bible became real. Love of God that Joseph Prince has, that revelation that God has given him, and we're just so thankful for it because that's what that's what changed our lives, and it, and it changed our marriage, it changed this year we celebrate the 10th anniversary of our broadcast ministry and Wendy and I just want to thank all our dear friends and partners for your tireless support in helping us bring the gospel of grace around the world. What I have loved the most is really all the precious testimonies that you have sent us, sharing with us your stories and how the Lord has touched your life with His grace and His love. This ministry is all about lifting up the beautiful name of Jesus and we are so blessed to hear how He has set you free from all kinds of destructive addictions, how He has healed your bodies and restored your relationships. We love hearing your stories and are so encouraged to know what our Lord Jesus is doing in your life. Thank you for welcoming us into your home and opening your hearts to receive the Word of God. We deeply appreciate your love, your prayers, and your generous support over the last 10 years. 
Do know that Wendy and I are praying for you and your loved ones. May you experience divine health and protection and continue to reign in every area of your life through His amazing grace. God bless you. In celebration of our 10th anniversary, we would like to send you our special one-time offer, Grace Reigns, a compilation of 10 eye-opening sermons on grace as a thank you for your gift of any amount to the ministry. Get a hold of this resource and learn how to let God's amazing grace flow in every area of your life. Experience healing, God's provision, and freedom from fears when you let grace reign. For a specific gift to the ministry, you'll also receive Live Free, the power to live above doubt, anger, and bitterness, a three-DVD album. The Bible says you are no more you in God's eyes. As Jesus is, God says your new identity is the man at my right hand. As he is accepted by me, so are you. As Christ is love, so are you. As Christ is righteous, so are you. As Christ is holy, so are you. Yes, holy! Find out how seeing yourself in Christ is your key to victory over negative emotions. You'll also receive the Seeing Jesus JPM Bible Study Kit. Rediscover your passion for God's Word with this kit designed to help you dive deeper into the Bible. These inspirational resources are available for you now. To order, call us toll-free at 1-877-901-4300 or visit us at josephprince.org today. Joseph Prince Ministries is a Section 501c3 nonprofit organization, and your gift is tax deductible for the amount that exceeds any fair market value of the materials you receive from us. Joseph Prince Ministries believes that your tithes belong to your local church. Your donations to the ministry are received as offerings to support the preaching of the gospel of grace, as well as the ministry's humanitarian outreaches. The preceding paid program was sponsored by the friends and partners of Joseph Prince Ministries. We receive letters and emails every day from viewers telling us how TBN has made a difference in their lives. This unbelievable story comes from Beloved in Georgia. At the age of two and a half, my sexual abuse began, emotional abuse began. It was a very violent home that we grew up in. I was about 17 or 18 years old, and my mother was in the hospital, had had surgery on her feet, and my stepfather decided that he wanted to put chains on the refrigerator. And I had had enough. I decided this would be the day that I was going to advocate on behalf of all of us. Someone had to stand up, and there was a knife in the kitchen, a familiar uh, knife. He was a chef, and I was going to kill him. I started toward their bedroom, and as I'm walking toward the bedroom, he would have TBN on. And there is Jan with her Bible. Giving some testimony, sharing something. You can live in joy in this earth when it's you and Jesus. He can be your very... I was so convicted and so angry. He really did. And I felt hot uh, tears running down my cheeks. And I heard Holy Spirit say, Vengeance is mine. Say of the Lord, I will repay. Four years later, he was arrested. And God brought me back to that, that fateful day that, um, that happened. Thank you, Jan. 
Thank you, Crouch family. Thank you, TBN family. God is amazing. Saturday on TBN. Watch the motion picture epic, The Greatest Story Ever Told. Award-winning director George Stevens brilliantly illustrates the life and mission of Jesus Christ in this must-see movie classic. Saturday on TBN. Next, watch Walk in the Word with James McDonald, focusing on the unapologetic proclamation of God's Word. This is the Trinity Broadcasting Network, remembering the sacrifice of our Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to me. It isn't about being perfect. It's about what do you do when you fall down. It's all about that. People blame, blame their parents and they blame their past and they blame their pastor. That's not as bad of an idea. They blame their professor in college. They, they blame the politicians. I've asked that. That got called out in every service. You know, I'm going to blame the president. I'm going to really, 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 really. I'm going to blame my, you know, my pajamas. <laughs> the way I was raised. Own it. The triumph of personal responsibility. Even things that weren't my fault. But now the outcomes and how I'm dealing with it and where I'm going from here. Saul just can't get there. There is no fault. It's not my fault. Then in verses 24 and 25, um, I call this, it's my fault, quickie. So he starts, there is no fault. Then he's like, it's not my fault. So now he finally says, it's my fault, but really fast. 24, 1 Samuel 15, 24, Saul said to Samuel, I've sinned, for I've transgressed the commandment of the Lord and your words, but I feared the people and obeyed their voice. And so it's like guilty with an explanation, right? Like, I, I, I did do it, but I had to do it. It wasn't me, it was the, the people. The, the, now, therefore, please pardon my sin and return with me that I may bow before the Lord. You say, well, that's just because you read it fast. No. No. He, he went from I have sinned to I called this it's my fault quickie. I was weak. It's just once. It was quick. Clean it up. Let's go on. And that person is not owning it. The Fine. I'm sorry. Can we move on? <laughs> That's not owning it. Grace doesn't flow to that prideful sort of I'm sorry. Why aren't you over this? Grace doesn't flow to that prideful refusal to own the consequences of my behavior. And Saul is a long, long way from where we're trying to go. There is no fault. It's not my fault. It's my fault, quickie. And now, verse 30, it's my fault, fixie. He says it again. This is even shorter now. I've sinned. Yet honor me now before the elders of my people. Who's, who says stuff like that? I mean, just imagine if your spouse or your, one of your kids or a co-worker said, I'm sorry, now honor me. 
Uh, clearly, he is trying to sweep something away, not own it. And, and an apology is not an eject button from the problem. Okay? I'm sorry is the beginning of owning it. Now let the other person talk about how your actions have impacted them. You might need to apologize a couple more times as you understand it better. I'm sorry is opening the door to hear how I've impacted you. Does Saul want to hear anything? I sinned. Now honor me. I, I, I look bad. Honor me before the elders of my people and before Israel, and return with me that I may bow before. I want God on my team. Okay, fine. I'm sorry. Now, let's get back to me being awesome again. You say, I think you're being hard on Saul. Well, um, you'd be wrong if you think that. If you read through the rest of the book of 1 Samuel, Saul goes to irrational jealousy then to bitterness, then to attempted murder. By chapter 16, Samuel is going to anoint the new king, David. And Samuel says in verse 2, How can I go? If Saul hears, he'll kill me. So the consequences, of course, of not taking responsibility, irrational jealousy, bitterness, attempted murder. Then he goes to occultic involvement, and ultimately he takes his own life. Satan would love to destroy Every person listening to my voice and the road he will push you down is the road of refusing to take responsibility. In fact, note this, the doorway to failure or success, despair or hope, ultimately hell or heaven itself opens and closes for you and me on the hinges of personal responsibility. Now, to make matters worse, um, delayed personal responsibility compounds consequence. And when Saul first went in the ditch back here in 1 Samuel 13, um, the Lord said this through Samuel, 1 Samuel 13:14. But now your kingdom shall not continue, Saul. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart, and the Lord has commanded him to be prince over his people. And so by chapter 16, Samuel is out uh, picking uh, a new king. And the man that God has chosen uh, is uh, David. David was God's man, God's choice. In chapter 16, verse 7, uh, that verse should be underlined in every Christian's Bible, 1 Samuel 16, 7, uh, where it says that, um, Do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature like Saul. I've rejected him, for the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the, say it, on the heart, on the heart. And David had a humble heart. Um, he was the run to the family. Seven brothers were brought uh, in the understanding that one of them would be chosen as king. They never even considered the little guy, the sheep herder. It was like a job for a slave, but God uh, saw in David something that the older brothers didn't have. David was humble, and he was also spiritual at the end of uh, that paragraph, chapter 16, uh, verse 
13, it says, And the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from that day forward, the day of his anointing to be king. And David was humble and spiritual, and he was faithful. Look at chapter 17. What's the paragraph heading over your Bible, chapter 17? What's the great story in chapter 17? Tell me. David and Goliath. And David was still a young man, still many years from being king, but he brings his brothers lunch, and, and they're like, get out of here, kid. And he's like, what's going on? And, and Goliath had been shouting that he would fight man on man to the death, and whoever won the other country would become their slaves. And, and they're all trembling in fear, and little shepherd boy uh, walks up and says this great sentence, heathen, this pagan, this Philistine, to defy the armies of the living God. And he says, I'll take this out myself. And, and off he goes, just one of the greatest, greatest stories in all of the Bible. David was humble and spiritual and faithful, filled with faith, and he was worshipful. He wrote most of the book of Psalms out there in front of those sheep under the stars, building a heart of worship. But David was not perfect, and the awesome thing is, is that it isn't about, listen to me, it isn't about being perfect, it's about what do you do when you fall down. It's all about that. David was not perfect. Turn to your neighbor and say, he wasn't perfect. And uh, the great tragedy of his life is recorded in the Bible. 2 Samuel, 2 Samuel, go there please. 2 Samuel 11, in the spring of the year, the time when kings go out to battle. David was a king, David should have been out at battle, but he wasn't. And David was at home, letting everyone do the fighting for him. Verse 2, 2 Samuel 11, 2. It happened late one afternoon when David arose from his couch... He was walking on the roof. He saw from the roof a woman bathing. Look away, David. Go back inside. No, no, no. And he saw that she was very beautiful. And David sent and inquired about the woman. He said, find out about her for me. And one of the servants said, is this not Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife, wife, the wife of Uriah the Hittite. So David, what should he have done right there? Oh, 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 oh. It's all good, it's all good. Didn't know, didn't, 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 didn't know she was married too far away to see her wedding ring. All good, all good. Let it go. Is that what he did? No. David sent messengers and took her. It's hard for us to imagine a unilateral authority kingdom. The king says, the king gets. Next subject, you, you want your head tomorrow? He sent, and it was not very romantic, right? He took her. She came to him. What choice did she have? And lay with her. Then she, notice verse 6. And the woman conceived, and she sent and told David, I'm pregnant. Now, uh, just help me out with this. Uh, between the lines here, um, um, how long again in the human species from conception to delivery? How long? I could give you some softballs once in a while. Most people had that. You know, it's an easy answer. So nine months. So, uh, ladies, help us out here. How long uh, till she... 
I'm going to go out on a limb and say she was not excited to tell the king she was pregnant. It seems that the relationship is a one-night stand. She meant nothing to him, uh, just lustful. And, and uh, so um, um, did she or did she not want to tell the king she was pregnant? Right? She did not want to tell him. So how long did she wait to tell him? Three, you think three? How long can you hide that? How long can you hide I'm pregnant, you know? And, and so, you know, 35 days, 40 days, not sure. Hope, hope, please, please, please. No, no, no. Uh, uh, I don't want to tell him. I don't want to tell him. Maybe, maybe, maybe. No more refuting it. So she's in there three and a half, four months. So the reason I belabored that is because I wish that I could tell you that David immediately repented when she said, I'm pregnant, but he did not. Unresolved regret is a malignant tumor growing in your soul, and its only treatment option is personal responsibility. For additional... Call 1-800-545-6800 or go to jamesmcdonald.tv. Now stay with us. There's much more teaching ahead from James McDonald here on Walk in the Word. You know, it's all about where I came from. No, no. It's all about what happened to me. No, no. It's all about how you chose to deal with the things in your life you regret. It's all about that. If you are ready to throw away the ball and chain of regrets, we want you to check out our new But Now I See journal. Designed to be used as you listen to the entire But Now I See series, this journal will help you identify your own regrets and overcome barriers to regret-free living. In any regretful moment, one thing always stays the same. The road to victory is paved with repentance. That's why we're also including the message, Repentance, the moment of clarity, on DVD when you request our journal. Repentance is more than just apologizing or feeling bad during tough seasons. It's a heart change reflected in your thoughts and actions. Learn the who, what, when, why, and how of repentance and get to work resolving your regret God's way. And if you want even more teaching about the way God can bring life change, we want you to have the entire But Now I See series on CD, plus our new power collection on DVD. Get your copy of But Now I See, New Power, the But Now I See Journal, and the Repentance DVD for your donation of $110 or more to the ministry. Regret-free living can be yours today. Call 800-545-6800 or go to jamesmcdonald.tv right now. He came up with three very bad rationalizations. He went the opposite direction of owning his behavior. And notice, please, that um, she says, I'm pregnant. And so here was plan A. What, 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 what's her wife? Oh, my gosh, she's pregnant. Can you believe it? Like, what, what on earth, you know? What's her husband's name again? Uriah. Yeah, get that guy. Get that guy in here. This is such a bad plan. 
Okay, so she's three or four months pregnant. His first idea was fool everyone about who the father is. So if he comes home from the battle and goes into his wife, you know, she's going to have a baby in nine minus four. She's going to have a baby in five months, the fastest baby ever. <laughs> the fastest baby. And, and then David's going to be like, not my baby. He was there five months ago. I know, it's a miracle, sort of. <laughs> Everyone say, that's such a bad plan. Say it. But sin distorts your ability to see reality. And, and you lie to yourself to avoid going to personal responsibility. Well, um, Uriah has more honor than he does. It says in verse 9, Uriah slept at the door of the king's house with all the servants, didn't go down to his house. So then here's plan B. If I can't fool who's the father, I'll fool the father into fathering. So plan B, at verse 13, David invited him and he ate in his presence and he drank, so he made him drunk. And in the evening, he went out to lie on his couch with the servants, but he did not go down to his house. Fail. So I was like, well, if I can't fool who's the father and I can't fool him into fathering, uh, we're going to have to kill him. This is the man after God's own heart. Look how far and how fast you fall when you fool yourself into thinking there's any place you can go after failure other than to taking responsibility. So now the unthinkable happens. Verse 14, in the morning David wrote a letter to Joab and sent it by the hand of Uriah. In the letter he wrote, set Uriah in the forefront of the hardest fighting, then draw back from him that he may be struck down and die. And this Uriah is so honorable. I mean, how many people, if you got a letter from the king and you got to take it by yourself somewhere, wouldn't you be a little curious what was in the letter? Wouldn't you be a little curious? Can't we just steam it open or something and just take a little peek? I'll just read the first sentence or something. This letter is his death warrant, and he never looks at it. He takes it and gives it to the general who puts him in the place where the battle is fiercest. Everyone pulls back from him. The news comes back to the palace. Uriah's killed, and David's, he's what? Yeah, he's killed. My, my, that's such bad news. And he takes Bathsheba into the palace to be his wife and now months and months and months go by and his conscience is so loudly knocking at his heart note this unresolved regret is a malignant tumor growing in your soul and its only treatment option is personal responsibility what have you done that you need to own so that God can forgive you and restore you. Where do you stay and lay in pride in the hopes that somehow time will cause it to pass? But it hasn't passed. I want to show you a little chart here. And uh, let's just put it all up. Regret. If you don't deal with regret, it goes to rationalization. Then it goes to, that's a cycling pattern until the pattern's broken. I do something else, I regret it. Then I rationalize it. Then I repeat the process again. I do something else, I regret it, and I rationalize it. And eventually, if that pattern's not broken, it leads uh, to my ruin. 
all right? But this whole series is about something entirely different. It's about taking responsibility for my regret out of rationalization into responsibility. You can already see what the messages will be about next week and in the following weeks. This is the moment of clarity as it begins, the triumph of personal responsibility. Well, incredibly, uh, David is confronted by Nathan. Samuel confronted Saul, but Saul wouldn't listen. Nathan, another prophet, 2 Samuel 12, was sent to David. Will he listen? Listen to this. 2 Samuel 12, 1, And the Lord sent Nathan to David. He came to him and said to him, Listen to this little story he tells. Do you know this little story? This is something. Super awesome. Listen to this. There were two men... Now just hang on for a second. Can you imagine the scene in the palace, right? And the king's there, and somebody's peeling the grapes and putting them in his mouth. And, you know, Bathsheba, the surprise, where'd she come from again? And, and, and whose kid is this? And, and um, the heaviness, the servants. Do you think the servants talked? Do you think they all knew? Do you think they knew what the king was covering? We've never seen the king like this before. And all of a sudden, prophet boy shows up. And everyone's in the palace listening. And the prophet says, There were two men in a certain city, the one rich and the other poor. The rich had very many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing. (laughs) One little ewe lamb, which he bought and brought it up and grew it up with him and with his children. It used to eat of his morsel and drink from his cup and lie in his arms. It was like a daughter to him. Wow. Now there came a traveler to the rich man. And he was unwilling to take one of his own flock or herd to prepare for the guest. Could come to him, buddy. He took the poor man's lamb and prepared it for the man who had come to him. And David can't take this no more. Verse 5. David's anger was greatly kindled against the man. He said to Nathan, just check the self-righteousness here. Rationalizing my sin and refusing my responsibility makes me so self-righteous. David says, as the Lord lives, the man who's done this deserves to die. And he shall restore the lamb fourfold because he did this. He had no pity. Everyone in the palace is like, is this happening? Can't he see? I bet you could have heard a pin drop. And Nathan says, you're the man. When I was a young preacher, I... I think I would have, I did imagine it like, you're the man, you're the man. That man should die. You're that man. I don't think of it like that now. I think of it like, you did that. You're that person. So will David be like Saul? Or will he experience the triumph now, finally, of personal responsibility? Well, awesomely, incredibly, 
Verse 13, David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. See? All sin, first and foremost, is against God. Against God. David was so convicted and so changed and so moved to personal responsibility that he actually wrote, um, look at it with me, he wrote Psalm 51. Psalm 51 is the record of David's repentance after his sin with Bathsheba. And it's pretty awesome, uh, incredible, I would say, that he... Um, says the things here, the guy who had lied to himself, the guy who had rationalized, you would wonder to yourself, can a heart like this ever change? And the answer is, yes, it can. Listen to Psalm 51, have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy. No quickie, no fixie here. Blot out my transgressions, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity, cleanse me from my sin here it is I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me if your heart yearns to get free from the past it's time to seize the new power God offers and this month we have two full teaching collections to help you do just that in the New Power DVD collection, you'll discover that there's only one place to turn for power over whatever you're facing. Bring your fear, your discouragement, your doubts, and your destitute life to Jesus. He can make all things new. And get on the path from regret to restitution as you listen to the complete CD series, But Now I See. This six-disc set will guide you through God's prescription for dealing with human failure and help you experience for yourself the moment of clarity that changes everything. The But Now I See collection and the New Power collection can be yours for a gift of $110 or more. If you're overcome with the weight of the past, know today that Jesus can take anything dead, disappointing, and empty of hope and make it new. Call 800-545-6800 or go to jamesmcdonald.tv right now to request your resource. Well, I don't know, Kathy, you're doing such a great job uh, here in the studio. I think Landon should be worried. No, no. Hurry home, Landon, but it's okay. We are very nice to fill in for him, and uh, people have been hearing me for a while now, so you're, I'm sure you're freshening up the program quite a bit. But we've been talking a couple of weeks ago. We have such a great, great team here at Walk in the Word, and a little while ago I said to Scott, who kind of runs the television production uh, department, I said, hey, what's our longest standing change partner? Now, change partners are monthly supporters. We're trying to get to 10,000, and we couldn't have the ministry we have around the world if it wasn't for, honestly, a growing number of change partners. But I got thinking, who's been around the longest? And you got it right there. We do. Charles Zulker. He's from Shapley, Maine, James, and he has been a partner since 2000. Are you kidding me? Oh so that's like going goodness. into 17, 18 years, Unbelievable. right? Unbelievable. We're so Hey, thankful. Charles, you're kicking it. I'm, I'm going to find your phone number and call you today yes. and thank you. You know, what do we aspire to? We aspire to faithfulness. And you've been a faithful partner, and I hope that you see that because of your faithfulness, we've been faithful to God's Word, and this ministry goes forward in faithfulness to the Lord. God bless. All of you, faithful change partners.
paid for by the friends and partners of Walk in the Word. is your life. His resurrection is your salvation. Explore the deeper meaning of Jesus' history-changing crucifixion from the Garden of Gethsemane to his glorious resurrection. In Max Licato's riveting book, No Wonder They Call Him the Savior. As our thank you for your gift of support this month to TBN, we'll send you your own copy, along with Max Licato's best-selling book, The Easter Story for Children. With it, you'll be able to share the good news of the resurrection with your children or grandchildren. And in appreciation for your gift of $60 or more, we are excited to also send you Joseph Prince's compelling docudrama, Golgotha. Welcome to the presentation of Golgotha, a special film project that TBN has put together that I believe will cause you to see the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus Christ in a fresh and powerful way. This powerful video reveals the events of Jesus' last days on earth in a soul-stirring presentation and includes insights and commentary from Joseph Prince. And in gratitude for your special gift of $100 or more, we'll send all of these great resources along with Max Licato's four-part DVD series, No Wonder They Call Him Savior. Come with me to the heart of the Holy Land and let's retrace the footsteps of Jesus and his followers. Call 800-201-5200 or go securely online to tbn.org slash giving to share a gift of support and request your copy of Max Licato's books, No Wonder They Call Him the Savior, and The Easter Story for Children. Or for your gift of $60 or more, we'll also include Joseph Prince's docudrama, Golgotha. Or for your special gift of $100 or more, you'll receive these resources, plus the DVD edition of No Wonder They Call Him the Savior. Experience the power of Easter, the power of the resurrection. Call, click, or write today. Here's a lineup of programs you'll love. Sunday on TVN. Stay tuned for Enjoying Everyday Life with Joyce Meyer on TVN. This is the Trinity Broadcasting Network, remembering the sacrifice of our Lord Jesus Christ. The following program is paid for by the friends and partners of Joyce Meyer Ministries. On a scale of 1 to 10, how would you rate today? Well, whether you're having a good day or not, Joyce Meyer wants to teach you 20 ways to make every day better. Practical advice that you can apply right now to make a big difference, no matter how your day is going. Pick it up for you or to brighten someone else's day. Then, with God's help, turn bad days into good and good days into great with 20 ways to make every day better. New from Joyce Meyer. What you don't understand now, things that you're going through right now that you do not understand, you cannot make any sense out of at all later on, I promise you, later on, you will look back and say, now I get it. Tonight I want to talk about trusting God when you don't understand. It's one thing to trust God for something, this room is full of people tonight, and 
Lots of people watching my TV that you're trusting God for something. You're asking God to change something in your life, to give you something, or to make something go away that's unpleasant. You're trusting God to...
You're listening to Stingray Music. Yeah. 
Download the free Stingray Music mobile app. All right. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Happy, happy, joy, joy. Peace be still. Okay. Anybody on the line? Okay. Prosciutto con bosca, con bosca, con randi, con bocca, randi, shandaka. Burandi, con sessi, con sessi, con sessi, con sessi, con sessi, con sandaka. Corrombo coscere de comboco, yende de coseque, shende de comprande, shende de cosandrande, de coseche, de coseche, de coseche, de cosaca. Corrombo crochere de coseche, de coseche, de coseche, de coseche, de cosaca. Rande de cose. Corromboca. Yende de cose. Coro comba, yandir cose, coro comba, yes, Father God, borrombo cosa, thank you, Holy Spirit, yoroboski rero comboco, thank you, Father God. Torombokos, kedokombaka. Ha! Yanadish, kedokomboko. All right. Now, Father, move in the path where you want things to go, Lord. Yanadish, kedokomboko, Move in the path where you want things to go, Father. Yanadokosaka. Oh, yes, 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 Father God. Yere the Kosan de K. Yander the Kosan da Ka. Yere the Kosan de K. Yander the Kosan da Ka. Yander the Kosan de 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 Ka. Yandere gosete kosa. Yandere gosete 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 Yes, Holy Spirit, you're the combos, take it. Under the Kandaka. Father God, we praise your name. You're the combos, take it. Holy Spirit, we glorify you're the Kondish, Kandaka. Oscar and Bakish and Brandon Gosaka and 
Thank you, Father God. Rondeke, Sheranokombo, Sheranokande, Sheranokombo, Fosande. Oh, Yarandeke, Sheranokomboko. Handrande de Goseke. Yarambose de Kandaka. Yonder of Sakande Oko Sandeke Yorumboskara Roko Sandeke Yonder Kose Shirokandrande Roko Sanda Yes, yes, yes. Mm. Wow. Just <laughs> We praise your name. We glorify you, Lord. Hmm. 
Sendil Kusaka Deke. We seek your presence. Mm. We seek you, Father. Help us to connect with you, Daddy God. Mm. Help us to connect with you, Daddy God. Yadaroko Sandeke. Let the power of God come forth. Let your anointing come forth, Daddy God. We praise you, Father God. We glorify you, Lord. Help us, Father God. Come, Jericho, dear, speak to our hearts, Lord. Come, Father God. Yes, 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 Daddy God. Yes, 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 Father. Yes, yes, yes. Let the anointing of Christ come forth. Mm. Let the word of God come forth. Come and commune with us, Daddy. Mm. Jesus' name I pray, man. And amen. All righty. Mm-hmm. Let me go get these lists. Not much to do, so a little time to do it. Yeah.
Anderson. Happy, happy, joy, joy. All right, I need to do this because I got to get my butt up out this house. So, yeah. <laughs> The Tolan family, Randy to go Randa 
Young man on 107th Street, Yoranda Gosishi to Gosishi to Gosishi to Yoranda Gosa. Yanda Gosishi to Gosishi to Gosishi to Gosishi to Yoranda Gosa. Yoranda Gosishi to Gosishi to Gosishi to Gosishi to Yoranda Gosa. Haradaka Sakra. Tama Johnson, Yoranda Gosishi to Gosishi to Gosishi to Yoranda Gosa. Sakara. 
Ashton Whitney, Randy to go station to go station to go station to go station to go Saraga, Randy to go station to go station to go station to go Saraga, Randy to go station to go station to go Saraga, Sakara. Natasha, Randy to go station 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 to go Saraga, Randy to go station to go station to go station to go station to go Saraga, Randy to go Saraga, Sakara. Man in a wheelchair. Randy to go station 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 to go Eugene Rogers, the Red family. Bonita, run to the station, Tim White, Rush Gordon to go station 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 to
Nick Brandon Holly Samantha. Horomboske did a go Sandish get it a combaka. Horomboske did a go say she to go say she to go Sandaka. Horomboske did a go say she to go say she to go Saragara. Haradaka, Sakara. Cornical and Brandon Yana to go into the Gander going to 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 the Gander go say to go Saraga, Sakara. I'm working for Ali. Who's going to say she to go 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 say Hospital in the community. Or should I'm running to go say she goes 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 say Original Foster, Roscoe Session of the Session Saga, 
Jenkins fan, Morandi, Gostrish, 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 Belinda, Brandon Allen, Donald Trump, Brandon to go say she 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 Alyssa Noah, run the Gosishi 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 Gosaga, run the Gosishi 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 Gosaga, Sergasa Sakara. Stan Washington, Goskarasishi Gosishi Gosishi Gosaga, which Gosishi Gosishi Gosaga, Sakara. Michael, Angie, Donald Trump, Belinda, Brandon Allen, Alyssa Noah, Stan Washington, Barbara Salter, run the Gosishi 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 Gosaga, run the Gosishi 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 Gosaga, Sergasa Sakara. Lashonda, Rondo, Gosishi, 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 Gosaga, Sakara. Lorenzo, Hoshi, Gosishi, 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 Gosaga, Sakara. The gentleman caller, Rondo, Gosishi, 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 Gosaga, Sakara. Eddie, my neighbor, Rondo, Gosishi, 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 Gosaga, Sakara. Train area, Rondo, Gosishi, 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 Gosaga, Sakara. Sean, Stephen, and David, and Rosh, Gosishi, 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 Gosaga. Shakara. <laughs> And myself, Rush Gosishi, 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 Gosaga, Sakara. And everybody else on the other side, Gosishi, 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 Gosaga, Sakara. Did I get the children? Okay, got them. The Illuminati, Randy, the Gosishi, the Gosishi, the Gosishi, the Gosishi, the Sagara, Sakara. Everybody else? Okay, no more else than that. We got Luma, Crackhouse, Bill Works, Satanic School. Okay, that's good. All right, that's my four no more. <laughs> I'll be back.
Stingray music. All good vibes. All right. Happy, happy, George. Uh-huh. Happy, happy, George. Then there goes the TV. What's it going to do? Something crazy. Okay, so I got my list of sisters. Um, second shotting, rumble shit at the cosy shit at the combosca at the comboran to go say she to go say she to go say she to go say Abuse and addiction, shut a grunted to go say she 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 to go saraga, sakara. Unsave, rush go to the go say she does grumbrand to go say she to go say she grandaga, sakara. Congregations and churches run to the go say she to 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 Prisoners and missionaries, yet to go say she 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 to Missionaries, Congress and Churches, Second Shot In, Unsaved. You want me to get Davis up? Yeah. Davis Well, Davis needs to come down here to get your breakfast. <laughs> okay, Prison Missionaries, Unsaved. Congregation churches, sick and shut in, deceased in hospice. Gorada Gosheda, Goranda Gosheda, 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 Goranda, Randa Gosarka, Sakara. Deceased in hospice, prison missionary, unsafe. Sick and shut in, abuse and addiction. Yada Gon Randa Gosheda, 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 Saraga. Randa Gosheda, 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 Saraga. Randa Gosheda, Gosheda, Sakara. Pressure diminishes in the families. You run to go say she to go say she go say she go say she go saga. Run to go say she go say she go say she go saga. Run to go say she go say she go saga. Sakara. So we got abuse and deceased in hospice, sick and shut in, congregation churches, prisoners and missionaries, precious men and families. That's everybody. Crazy cat.
Yeah, you crazy. I don't know what, Pat. Okay. Okay, um, we're praying for this. Walking in the realm of the supernatural. Randy to go say she 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 to go Saturday. Randy to go say she to go say she to go say she to go say she to go Saturday. Saturday. Peace is past all understanding. Randy, why you got your coat on? And your hat. Is that your business? Yeah. When you start sweating, uh, you, you go jump into the lake. That's um, just blew me away. Um, Walking around the supernatural. Rondo go say she go say she go say she go say she go saraga sakara. Peace is past all understanding. Rush go say she 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 go saraga sakara. Knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. Rush go say she go say she go say she go say she go saraga sakara. Ability to persevere until the end. Rush go say she go say she go say she go say she go saraga sakara. Peace to pass all understanding, ability to persevere to the end. Now as we understand, grace, mercy, and favor. Roshko Discernment. Roshko Bushka de Gosa. Rondo Gosa de Gasanda. Rondo Gosa de Gosa. Rondo Gosa de Gasanda.
Okay. Uh, what you got? Grace, mercy, and favor. Knowledge was understanding. Ability to persevere to the end. Peace surpasses all understanding. Walking around the supernatural. Roshirokosaka Sakura. Um. Rest of health, healing, and restoration. Renewing of our mind. Renewing of our youth. Renewing of our youth. Renewing of our youth. Supernatural, superhuman strength, ability, gifts, and talents on the synergies can increase in basis. Walking around with supernatural, discernment. Okay, I guess that's everything. All right, send out the text message.
All righty. Instinct in action. We might not get to the whole thing today. All righty then. Let's see how it goes. Okay. Instincts are the product of what we have and what we want to have. They are the inner compass guiding us from where we are to where we want to go. Perhaps this explains why artists, artists, inventors, and entertainers may be more in tune with the instincts than bankers, engineers, and accountants are with theirs. It's not that the latter's profession do not require the power of necessity to stimulate innovation. It's simply that these fact-based fields rely on numbers, equations, and balanced ledgers as their building blocks. Hmm. Interesting. I'm going to read that again. Instincts are the product of what we have and what we want to have. They are the inner compass guiding us from where we are to where we want to go. Perhaps this explains why artists, inventors, and entertainers may be more in tune with their instincts than bankers, engineers, and accountants are with theirs. It's not that these latter professions do not require the power of necessity to stimulate invention. It's simply that these fact-based fields rely on numbers, equations, and balanced ledgers as a building blocks. So, out of need, it makes you tap into your instincts. It makes you tap of what's within. He said artists, inventors, Entertain is these people who, in order to produce, they have to go within to come out with something. Whereas the others, the innovate, the uh, what do you say, the bankers, um, what do you say, the bankers, the engineers, and accountants, they're dealing with what's already there. They're dealing with numbers and equations. So in other words, the first set of people are creative power. They have to tap into themselves. They have to tap into the either their soul or their spirit or whatever's within to bring something from without. Whereas the others are already working with the material things, the things that are already manifested. So now let's go back to that wilderness experience that we're talking about. That position that you're in when you have to come up with something, when you have to produce. It's the same thing. So why does God put you in a situation where you might be in lack? Why would God put you in a situation or tell you to step out on something when you're not totally prepared? Well, first and foremost, you got to do it in faith. you got to trust him. But it's also making you go within to tap into your inner man. See, remember, God wants us to be led by our spirits, not by our souls, not by our flesh. So when we step beyond ourselves and we do it in faith, that means in order, ooh, I just had this conversation with somebody yesterday. Oh, my God. Ooh, Jesus. Mm, mm, mm. Ooh, you know, hold on. Let me send him a text. My God. Ooh,
No, I'm not Morgan. I don't text 50 words a second. Okay, so again, so walking out in faith, walking, stepping out beyond yourself, stepping out where you're not comfortable forces you to go within. When you go within, that means you're going to tap into your, your, your well, depending on how you live, you're going to tap into your spirit or your soul, that creative aspect. Again, God wants us to be led by spirits. But some of us don't walk in that capacity, or we don't walk fully in that capacity. I'll just leave it right there. Creative careers, on the other hand, require participants to produce something new from more malleable materials, such as words, images, and music. This kind of resourceful resilience often emerges in childhood, requiring some to rely on instinct more than others, and not just to survive, but also to thrive. This was certainly my experience, the way my own instincts were initially activated. Okay, creative careers, on the other hand, require participants to produce something new from more malleable materials such as words, images, and music. This kind of resource of resilience often emerges in childhood, requiring some to rely on instinct more than others, not just to survive but also to thrive. Well, the thing about childhood from in a child, you're you're normally a more open. You're not hardened yet. You're more you know pliable and and oh you know some new ideas and new ways. And you'll try things more, you know, just because curiosity. Whereas when you're getting old, you get hard, you get scared, you get hurt, you have bad experiences. So now, for us at an older older time in our life to begin to go tap into our instincts or our inner man or our spirit man. When we're used to doing everything out of our head, is you're gonna discover a lot of resi- resistance. I ain't gonna say no names right now, but that's part of the problem. Cause now I gotta go against the grain. Now I gotta go against what I what what I've been doing most of my life. We talk about walking spiritually is actually is a, is, is actually um, you're walking against your natural nature. Because now, for me to walk spiritually, that means I have to deny myself. I have to yield. I have to get up out of my head. That's why I was with Erica yesterday. She's now at a point in her walk where she's, she don't want to go in her head anymore. It's natural for her to go in her head. It's what she's her gifting. But now because it's just so much, she's so overwhelmed. So that na- her, her strength, which is her gifting, is now she I don't want to deal with it. But in that process of her not wanting to deal with it, it's forcing I'm not going to think. I'm going to trust God. I've gotten to the point where I know, I'm familiar, I understand, and, Lord, I don't want to see, I don't want to Lord, I'm just going to trust you. See, that's a whole nother level there. That's a whole nother level. I don't even want to go into my head because then I'm going to think. So I'm going to stay out of my head and just rely on you, God, and just let my spirit yield. See, that's like when I talk about spirit to spirit, when you speak in the tongue, that direct connection. So, so that's, again, that's kind of like where she's at in her journey right now. So, again, when we're younger... We're more pliable, we're more open to things, so we're more eager 
to go into our instinct now. For example, my child, because of her upbringing and me and things I didn't even know, but now she's at a much younger age, but she's learning how to tap into her anointings and her giftings at a much younger age. So she should be able to flow more easily in the giftings and the callings of of, of 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 her of her life than we would because she's younger. Like the book said earlier, my ceiling should be, should be her floor, and that looks like how it's going to work out because she's so much more highly developed than I was when I was her age. Being a relatively poor boy in the hills of West Virginia, I grew up with meager means more than enormous work ethic instilled by my parents. We lived in a bedroom community in the suburbs of Charleston, and in its topography, punctuated with stately trees and rolling hills, abundantly provided one of its more pristine features. However, none of its natural opulence succeeded in camouflaging its economic limitations. Still, it was the matrix that developed me, and now I can more adeptly see why. Growing up, I was a little chocolate-colored boy with short pants and greased knees tromping through the neighborhood. I'm sure I must have glistened from the Vaseline my mother used to moisturize my skin, but since I had few friends and an overactive energy level, no one seemed to notice. As a result, I spent a great deal of time outdoors and must confess that since my first name is Thomas, I became a bit of a peeping Tom. <laughs> okay. Yes, I know how that sounds, but I don't mean it to connote some someone spying inappropriately who will eventually get arrested. Instead, I simply mean that I learned by watching and allowing what I saw to become fuel for my imagination. A void of life and people, I witnessed events and ideologies that became the catalyst for, my, for many of my adult conclusions and the impetus of the logic with which I attack life. You see, research from observation can be quite conclusive. This explains why scientists have laboratories and not just lab libraries. Is why lawyers seek an eyewitness at a crime scene to testify at a trial. What we see often creates an impact, but it's how we process it internally that influences our instincts. Mm. I'm going to read that again. Hmm. I'm going to back this up. Yes, I know how it sounds. He said, as a result, I spent a great time of outdoors, and I must confess that since my first name is Thomas, I became a bit of a peeping Tom. Yes, I know how that sounds, but I don't mean it to connote someone spying inappropriately who eventually get arrested. Instead, I simply mean that I learned by watching and allowing what I saw to become fuel for my imagination. So first of all, when you watch something, that means you need to be observant, you need to be still, and you need to be able to take in stuff. Okay? When you're watching something... Observation is actually more than watching, especially when you're talking about from a scientific. I had learned because I'm a science major. Observation, you're taking notes, you're studying, you're applying things, and there's actually like a, several different categories of observation. I forget, Arthur might remember. But watching, observing something, that means you're you're studying it. You're not just oh I glanced and oh, I noticed something. A void of life and people I witnessed events and ideologies that became the catalyst for many of my adult conclusions and the impetus for the logic with which I attack life. Now think about that. Back then, and I, you know, I think about it even now. You know, our communities are not the way that they used to be. You know, where it, it was a village. People 
talk back and forth and raised each other's children. It takes a village to raise a kid. You know, you you and especially the respect level. People have respect for the adults and they will learn from them. Now it's not so much like that. You know, so I can see him back in there listening, looking at things, learning from the adults, and, you know, because, you know, they get to talking. you like, so you can learn a lot. You can learn a lot from a fool, even if it's not how to be a fool. But now it's just, you know, everybody's so fast-paced and technology, and they will be sitting next to you and texting each other, especially these young folks. See, that's the way we communicate then. But, I mean, now, but back then it was a whole different thing. So I could see him running around paying attention to things and people and learning from it. You see, research from observation can be quite conclusive. This explains why scientists have laboratories and not just libraries. It's why lawyers seek an eyewitness at a crime scene to testify at a trial. What we see often creates an impact, but it's how we process it internally that influences our instincts. What we see and how we process it. You know, we, you and me can see the same thing, but we can process it differently. I remember back in school, back when I was in college, me and my friends were standing and we saw this accident. Well, it wasn't an accident. But they was like, oh, my God, it was so close. I was like, oh, it wasn't that close. Saw the same thing, but we processed it differently then that influences how you deal with life, how you process something. Is it negative? Is it positive? Is it, a, is it a stumbling block or is it a stepping stone? How do you process that event that happened determines on how you're going to proceed? Now, I realize that everyone didn't come from my era or environment, but any time you have been denied a passage to privileges and access to opportunities, you have a tendency to develop certain adaptations, sensitivity, and instinct through which you compensate for that denial. Ooh, Lord, that, mm, mm. I know if Erica on, she's probably twitching in her seat right now. Any time you have been denied a passage to privileges, and access to opportunities, you have a tendency to develop certain adaptations, sensitivity, and instinct through which you compensate for that denial. Necessity is the motherhood of all invention. Well, I can't do it this way. How can I? And so you know who's good at that? Children. They're real good at that. Well, they said no, but... What if I ask them this way? Oh, well, you didn't say I couldn't go. You didn't say I couldn't go outside through the front door. You just said that I couldn't do this. So I went through the back door and did what? See, 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 find that creativity going within because I've been denied this thing, but I still want to have it or I still want to go. So I try to find another way to do it. And see, again, that's faith. And see, that's something we must learn if you're going to truly walk in faith with God. A no doesn't always mean a no. And let me explain that to you. When God says that this can be done, but man says no, who are you going to believe? 
what you gonna do? I remember teaching um what's the guy I I love so much of his teaching, I can't think. Bob Harrison. He's talking about, you know, he was trying to wherever he was trying to do, get to some place and this back before nine one one of course. And he was trying to get an upgrade. Someone, anyway, whatever he was doing was trying to get an upgrade or change in his flight situation. So he went up there and asked the lady, could he do such and such and such? And she said, well, no, sir, I'm sorry, we can't do that. He said he went back, he prayed about it. So God said, do it again. So now she already told him no, but God said, do it again. So now what he did is this time he went and put on his suit. Came back, same lady, same thing, and this time she allowed him to do it. God said, yeah. So now what we must learn when man says no, but God says, yeah, try it again. Try it differently. Critique it a little bit. You must learn that if you're going to truly walk by faith, especially at higher levels in God. Because man's going to tell you no, but who are you going to believe? Try it again. That means, that means, oh, come on now. So that means you really got to get up over yourself, your hurt feelings. I can't. Oh, my God. All, this, all that me, 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 soul, soul, soul stuff. Because you will feel like a fool. You will feel like, yeah, I really got, I just, mm-hmm, yep. So you're going to stay in yourself, sulking in lack, or you're going to say, well, let me try it again. But see, that's see that's the thing. But when it's out of necessity, that's the difference. Because see, when it's out of necessity, I ain't got no other choice. Like I tell you all, I got a choice, but I ain't got a choice. That's what keeps me going. I got a choice, but I ain't got a choice. So I'm gonna do it again. I'm gonna do it again. I don't be feeling like it. I'll be tired. It, it aggravates me. I'll be really God. But I'm gonna do it again. So, again, that's what many of us, when we have a choice, then we'll pull back into ourselves. But when you don't have that choice, that cho- or that choice is very limited, or the consequences <laughs> ain't that good, <laughs> you say, you know what, let me get over myself. I say, build a bridge and get over myself. Let me go ahead and do this thing again. I don't care to shut up how I look because out of necessity. Anytime you've been denied a passage to privileges and access to opportunities, you have a tendency to develop certain adaptation, sensitivity, and instinct through which you compensate for that denial. And it is the development of this instinct for success that is the catalyst of my focus, research, and now writing of this book. I've climbed high enough in life to peek into the minds of some of the most accomplished people in the world, award-winning entertainers, world-class athletes, world-changing political leaders. Having come from meager and mediocre beginnings, I am astutely aware of my surroundings when allowed an actual glimpse into the lives of those unusually seen only from the distance of blogs and news reports. Over the years, both through my business and my ministry, I've had dinner with many of them and been entertained in their homes. I've had intense conversations restaurant clothes and observe their families and friends and listen to stories about how they became who they are. I've been on the set of their movies and visited the over office of their leadership, watching them do what they do, discovering what shaped who they are. I've seen their instincts in action. 
I've learned that the most highly successful people didn't develop in an environment of success. They evolved into it. Come on, come on, come on. Can I say that again, please? Can you all listen to this? I've learned that the most highly successful people didn't develop an environment of success. They evolved into it. Come on now. Come on now. Especially if you think that God is no respecter of persons. Ain't nobody stopping you but yourself. Quit getting, making them excuses. I can't either. They said, what? Quit making those excuses. You're getting in your own way. Especially as a child of God, you have no excuse. But again, the acceptable, good, and perfect will of God. I need to change phones because this one's dying out. Oh. Okay, that one's not going to work. Most highly successful people didn't develop an environment of success. They evolved into it. In other words, they changed. They transformed. They did what's necessary and needed in order to be to make something work. Again, as I was saying before, especially as a child of God, when God says yes, then what's the problem? Us. That's the problem. That's us. You have the acceptable, the good, and the perfect will of God. But, see, to walk in that perfect will of God is going to require a lot. It's going to mean you're going to really, really see a lot of ugliness inside of you. A lot of flesh is going to be exposed. A lot of things is going to see. See, God will allow you to steep and smolder until you begin to see things of your life that say, Now, see, I've let you walk in that up until this point, but you can't carry this garbage with you anymore. It's garbage to me, says God. But Lord, I, 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 even your giftings and your and your and your skill, all those things that God endowed you with, He says. But you're walking in in you. What does that mean, walking in them in you? That means you're using them as you see fit, not for the Master's use, not for the Master's glory. See, he gives you those things, but they need to be turned over to him, refined in him, and subjected to the leadership of his spirit. That's how he wants you to walk in accordance with who he formed you to be. I think I'll just sip a little watermelon juice right now. But again, what you evolve into, I'm looking at the transformations 
that have gone on with me personally with since this line has gotten to the way that it is, and I'm just shaking my head. But I can I can see a whole bunch of differences that have occurred in my life. And I'm like, oh wow. Hmm. It's just interesting. Again, it, and none of this is, is what I thought the direct ain't none of oh my God, ain't none of this. Please trust and believe. But I see how it has affected me, how it's affected my family, people involved. And so I just go, wow. Where's it going? I'm not even sure. And I'm like, I don't even want to. I, I, I just, I'm, I, and that's why I'm glad for Erica. I understand, you know, uh-uh, I'm just, matter of fact, I got something I'm going to talk to you all about now. And I let you know, I have no idea what it, who is, what's it about, but I know that this is a direction God wants us to move. So here we go. What started out out of necessity of 20 or 30 people coming together that I was calling. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I didn't say that like that, did I? But this was born out of people being beat up, tired, whatever, and we just started a prayer thing. And it is now evolved into this format here. And out of this format, I'm seeing birthings what we got, a, a business group, now we got we got uh, uh, got the church group. We got all these things coming from what initially started out as a handful of people getting together because they were overburdened with life. So I have no idea, but it's what's evolving. God is developing it. It's not. A, this ain't even nowhere near what I'm trying to do. What I wanted to do was to make a lot of money. Now that's even be even been subjugated to this thing here. I, I just shake my head, but I, I mean, even yesterday, I had an inspector. I, I, while I was on the prayer line, I said, well, I need to do this. Again, you know, multitasking, not just sitting down, twiddling my fingers. Oh, we all got stuff to do. So I called my inspector. My inspector told me, you know what, I ain't going to waste your time. We, I'm not even coming out to see the bill. My mouth was so wide open, I'm like, you, 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 you what? Now nah, I ain't going to waste your time in the court's time. I'll see you in court. Really? And, and so it's like, I, I, I'm, 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 I don't know what to say. I, I continuously see God opening doors for me because I'm continuously trying to press ahead for what he's called me to do. So, yeah, I, I feel like, so I struggle to get up and get on his phone and do these things because what am I going to do? He continues to tell me, you take care of my business, I'm going to take care of you. And I'm walking in it, living in it. So I just sit up here twiddle my thumbs and go, wow. But again, this is something that is evolving, being led by the Spirit. And all of us can do it. God is no respecter of persons. You don't have to worry about what I'm doing or who I'm doing or all that other stuff. Because trust and believe, it's a full-time job trying to figure out who, what, and how for your own life. You know, see, when you really start to get an understanding, a grip, you ain't got time to be focused on nobody else. You're too busy trying to trying to keep yourself together, trying to keep your sanity, trying to keep your cycle. Let me, one step at a time, what's needed. See, that's really when you're focused and you're in tune. See, all that other stuff, when you see you got too much time on your hands, you're looking at too much TV, Facebook, and then all that other stuff, you're, really, uh, you're just really missing a whole lot. You, you're just really missing a whole lot. 
because you're not, you don't know who you are. You're not even really walking down that path. You might be playing at it, but you're not really walking in it. And it's not God's fault. Okay, so I know about five people hung up, so I'm going to just keep reading. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm going to go back on mute. <laughs> okay. I've learned that the most highly successful people didn't develop in an environment of success. They evolved into it. When obscurity precedes any level of accomplishment, it does so as a mother birthing a child. First, generations of successful people are often shocked to find that giving their children all they dreamed of providing doesn't necessarily create the same skills and ambition as the kids that their own parents' lack of resources instilled in them. Okay, wait a minute. Let me stop there right there. Spoiling our children. Mm. When obscurity precedes any level of accomplishment, it does so as a mother birthing a child. First, generations of successful people are often shocked to find that giving their children all they dreamed of providing doesn't necessarily create the same skills and ambitions in their kids that their own parents' lack of resources instilled in them. That's what's wrong with this generation that's running out here, this generation of, I got to have, what's that word that they have? Um, oh, I can't think of the name, but I, I, I got to have it now. I need to got to have it now. It's a, it's a term that they use. Expect, you know, it's mine. Microwave? No, not much. it's another. It's another term, but yeah, it's 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 something. They they expect you to give them. It's a, but you understand what I'm saying. You know, again, they they because they didn't. We don't. None of us like to struggle, but that's really where the lost lessons are learned. None of us really like. Look, all of us trying to get up out of the fight, but that's really where characters develop. Understanding is developed. Strength is developed. Even when I talked about when I was working out, where true strength was developed when I got past myself and really started burning it in. See, when I saw, I talked about pressing those weights up and burning those weights in my muscle memory. Well, what about the engrafted word of God? That's when it's burnt inside of you because you've been standing on it, seeking it, and allowing it to do what it needs to do in your life. Born in the 1920s, my parents were raised in an industrial age where the primary goal was to get a great job, earn a gold watch, and draw a modest pension when you retire. My mother was a strong advocate for education, and she recommended something marketable so you always have a job. Even a management position of our generation was enamored. Rightfully so, as their parents were sharecroppers in the Deep South who spent their lives picking peas sawing lumber, and living off the land. Now, my parents' ideals are good ones, and I support them to the highest. But my parents could only promote us to the levels to which they themselves have been exposed. That This is why you can't imagine my astonishment when I pull back the Steve Jobs of the world, the Bill Gates of the world, and others, only to find that some of the most influential leaders of the day either didn't have a degree or didn't have a degree in the area which they became most well-known. I ain't even going to touch that. There is no doubt that these men and women are quite intelligent, and through that intelligence they they would without question have reached some modicum of success. 
But what blew my mind was the discovery that somewhere along the path of intellectualism, they either took a detour based on instinctive decision or incorporated an instinctive move that lifted them completely out of the league of their peers and enabled them to be icons of power they are today. In other words, these successful icons not only had great instincts, but they were dialed into them and acted on them. Hmm. They had great instincts. They dialed into them and acted on them. That means they didn't just have them laying dormant and wishing. See, see, that's the difference when they're dormant or, or you're looking at them. That's basically ideas. And I'm going to even say fantasy or dreams or wishful thoughts. But not until you actually to begin to pull them out and apply them. That's the difference. And that's even going back, spirit, soul, and body. What does he have in that book? He talks about the experience. If you don't have any experience with the Holy Spirit, you really just, you, you, you probably, you might be saved. You can be saved and not really have an experience. What I'm saying, I mean, you're saved, you're babe, but you might even you might even know the Bible back and forth. But if you ain't had no experience in walking and proving that book out to be true, and what and you see, let me tell you this: you will not. This is Samuel Farley speculating in his limited and finite wisdom and understanding. You will probably not in your lifetime prove the whole Bible to be true. And I mean that in the sense of the word prove. Proving means that you have stepped out on it and applied it in your life that you will have found it to be true. That means you've had an experience in that particular arena in your life. So you might prove the Bible to be true for financial blessings for your life. Have you proved the Bible to be true for healing in your life? Have you proved the Bible to be true for deliverance in your life? Have you proved the Bible to be true for salvation for your people you're standing against? See, you see what I'm saying? It's a whole lot more of life. And the more you learn, the more you see there is. Oh, my God, I ain't going to talk about what me and Erica talked about yesterday. Because, you know, see... The more you know, the more you begin to see that you don't know. And the Bible, trust and believe, covers every aspect of life and every dimension in life. And if you didn't understand what I'm saying, I just let you know right now, you really don't know. I noticed that some of my most new constituents discovered the ideals, products, or passion that have now come to epitomize and many of them were way past the age of 20 when they did, by blazing their own trails. These men and women listened to the promptings within them and had the courage to derail the scripted plans of their lives and take the road less traveled by the inner impulse to go further than what their backgrounds would have predicted. Okay, Erica, just for you, I'm going to read it again, because I know you just asked me to. I've noticed that most of my new constituents discover the ideals, products, or passions they have now come to epitomize, and many of them were way past the age of 20 when they did, Erica, by blazing their own trials, trails. These men and women listened to the promptings within them and had the courage to derail the scripted plans of their lives 
and take the road less traveled by the inner impulse to go further than what their background would have predicted. They listen when prompted to the nebulous space undefined within the human soul where they house a navigational system, one that virtually all of us have. This innate compass provides guidance and answering the age-old questions, why am I here? What can I do with the life, gifts, and opportunities I've been allotted? I think it's, that was a low I, blow. That's a low blow. I, what? I, 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 I was just Perceive. reading. Yeah. Okay. I, okay. I, 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 okay. Why am I here? What can I do with the life, gifts, and opportunities I've been allotted? Instincts provides with information that has been synthesized through the filter of who we really are and our truest goals in life. Facts, data, information, and knowledge provide nourishment and stimulation for this capacity within us. Our powers of observation and experience are stored here. Our creativity, resilience, and resourcefulness also abide within our instincts. Fused together, the basic instinct in each of us compels us toward the unique fulfillment that is ours alone. I got to stop all of that right there, because I'm about to I'm about to take this even deeper. Because see, we're going to go back to spirit, soul, and body, recognizing if we can if we truly want to walk in the fullness of this capacity. So he's saying instincts provides us with information that has been synthesized through the filter of who we really are and our truest goals in life. Now, this is this is why I want to go spirit, soul, and body. When you, oh, Jesus, really? Uh-huh, keep going. Okay, I, I, this is only, see, see, this is the thing, see, growing in this walk, when you have your goals, you have your desires, <laughs> and again, spirit, soul, and body, you get to a point that you begin to release that unto God. Your goals and your desires just transform because it takes on a whole new life, and it ain't even about what you want anymore. Now, see, that's why I had to go spirit, soul, and body because you, your goal, what you thought you want, who you thought you were, all of that has just been totally thrown out the window. Because now you come to a whole nother level of finding who you are, finding what you were designed for, finding out what God wants you to do. See, that that's a whole nother level. That's why I needed to take this a little bit deeper. Because, see, we're talking about instincts, but let's, let's, let's rename this truly your spiritual capacity, that spiritual man within you that is learning how to line your vessel up so that your spirit is leading your soul, is leading your body. So then now, why would God do this? Again, he's got a covenant that needs to be fulfilled. So he's looking for vessels who will say yes. He is the part of the we of the clay. So if necessary and needful, God will take that vessel, smash it on the ground, and remake you into what he called you to be for his covenant purposes. So now, if you take that understanding and then get back to your goals and your desires, you know what, all that can be thrown out the window when you take it down to God when you're truly beginning to discover who you really are, when you begin to discover what he's designed to do, and you basically say, and that's even going back down and say, it doesn't matter who you are, where you are. 
God is no respecter person? Are you willing to say yes, and then are you willing to do the work? It's just that simple. Are you willing to say yes, and are you willing to do the work? I got I got, I got to call out now. Because, see, Pam's, Pam's been smashed. He has taken her and smashed her because he's got to remake her. Everything that she taught, all what she know, mm-mm, he's been remaking her. Now, she's got a foundation, but is she going to begin to apply that, or is she going to try to stay where she wants to? But, see, he ain't going to lie. <laughs> Let me tell you about something. When God does something, and he's put some stuff on you, there are requirements on that. And if you choose not to give him what he needs, he said, well, why Why did I do this? Why would I waste my time? Why do you think that the man with the one talent who refused to do it, he took it away? So there's requirements on what he has placed inside of. And he's going to get a return either on this side or the next. But see, that's our choice. So her whole life has been turned around, and he's been reforming her into something else. But now she's at a point where the foundation is laid, and she's willing to take it to the next level. Or does she want to stay where she's at? And just as she, just as with her, as with all, some of us. See, again, talking about our goals and our desires, when you truly begin to get to the spiritual walk, and God said, well, no, 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 I'm going to just... And again, why would God trash and understand, and I'm saying it like this purposely, why would God trash your goals, your desires? But God, I put all my time and energy, all my life into this. So flesh, no flesh will glory in his presence. All these good works, okay, what about, is this what God inspired? These are good things, yes, but is this the spirit of God directing you to do this? You can do godly things, but if God did not tell you to do it, then it's you. See, these are the, I'm talking about when we get to the deeper level, this is what we're talking about. So now going back to your goals and your desires, who you thought, mm, okay, yeah, he's going to trash all of that because he needs to show you who you really were made to be and the capacity that he's going to use you for his covenant purpose. Because ultimately, that's what it's all about. He has to fulfill his covenant. Okay. Instincts provide us with information that has been synthesized through the filter of who we really are and our truest goals in life. Facts, data, information, and knowledge provide nourishment and stimulation for this capacity within us. Okay. Hold on one second. Ah. Yeah. 
and knowledge provide nourishment and stimulation for this capacity within us. Facts, data, information, and knowledge. Where's that coming from? That's coming from your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. You're studying that. That's nourishment. That's nourishment for your spirit. Okay? Again, see, spirit, soul, and body, understanding how we work, that still needs to be subjugated to your spirit. Now, if this is if this area of your life is leading you, then you're leading, you're walking after your soul. So I'm not saying dismiss facts, data, no, no, no. I'm not saying. I'm saying all of that needs to be subjugated to the leadership of your spirit. That's how God has ordained for us to walk. Now, how we're walking it might be another thing, but I'm talking about how God ordained for us to walk. But, again, this needs to be taught and learned, and it's not. And I'm not going to say it's easy. But, again, this is another reason why we'll get blocked in our journey of faith, because when reality, when I'm talking about reality, when life shows up and is telling us no to what God has said yes, then you will stop and be blocked by your facts, your knowledge, and your and your and whatever that was he said. You'll let that short circuit your faith. Acceptable, good, and perfect will of God. What is a fact? That person was dead. What is a fact? 
That person's been dead in the grave for four days. He's stinking. Allow that time. So four days, that person's starting to stink. That's a fact. Jesus first told them he's sleeping. But because of the lack of, no, he's dead, people. Okay, let me tell you this. I'm talking about his boys who weren't, they didn't totally understand everything. And we never will until we get to the other side. Did he let that fact of his being dead stop him from what his father told him? No, he didn't. The fact that he's dead, even to the point, roll away the stone. I'm going to walk in the authority that God had given me and tell you to do something which factually doesn't make any sense. Why would I roll away from that stone? Because it's really going to I don't want to. See, look at that authority that he's even telling others, and they're yielding to do something which doesn't make any sense. I need you to get a hold of that right now. I need you to see that right now. When you're walking in your God-given authority that God had told you, you will tell others what to do and it will happen. I'm a living proof. When I go in that test courtroom, I shake my head. We're going on three years now, and I'm not walking in there. You all know I'm walking in humility because I'm really God, who, what, how, what, but I see his hand moving. They, the lady though, you're supposed to be here six months. I'm going on three years. They're moving because the hand of God is moving. I'm walking in my God-given authority. I'm not walking in there. Yeah, y'all gonna see that's that's walking in flesh. I'm walking in a seeking trust in God, and I'm telling them what they're gonna do. Now, am I telling them by boasting? No, I'm telling them by listening to God. How this is gonna work, Jesus? What you gonna do, Jesus? Really? See, like I said, you gotta, it's, like two, it's like two sides to this. On the one side, when you're facing your situation, you're a giant, you got to be bold. And like David, you're going down. But then when you turn to the guy, you, you, you submit and say, okay, the Holy Spirit, what are we going to do? Like you in a huddle. Okay, what are we going to do, quarterback? See, that's how you got to learn how to walk this thing. So facts, data, information, and knowledge provide nourishment and stimulation for this capacity within us. Our powers of observation and of experience are stored here. Our creativity, resilience, and resourcefulness also abide within our instincts. Fused together, the basic instinct of each of us compels us toward the unique fulfillment that is ours alone. Fused together. What do you think what happens when your spirit, your soul, and your body are fused together in one accord, being led by your, by your spirit, being led by the Holy Spirit? That's power. That's power. And that's what God's trying to get us at. Also, please understand that this kind of instinct we're talking about here is not an uncontrollable urge, self-indulgent desire, arbitrary impulse, or compulsion. Instinct may seem similar to these other aspects of humanity at times, but ultimately, our instincts include an acute sense of timing along with an awareness of self and others that transcends selfish lust and addictive desires. In other words, our instincts are not motivated by immediate gratification, personal gain at the expense of exploitation, or the pursuit of satisfaction untethered from conscience. Since we are made in the image of our Creator, I'm convinced that our instincts also bear the imprint of the divine. As human beings, we not only possess the instinct for survival, just as any other living creature does, but we also have instinct for purpose, fulfillment, and dominion. 
God made us to reflect his creativity, resourcefulness, and imagination. He wants us to see beyond the literal, above the bottom line, and beneath the surface of appearances. We all have access to the same information and opportunities, but some of us never go beyond what is required to add to the task what is inspired. In this highly competitive world we live in today, meeting the demand will never produce exceptional results. These people exceed what has been commanded of them and veer into the creative to which there was no previous point of reference. Ooh, Lisa. Trailblazing people move by instinct because there is nothing outward that suggests that what they see inwardly is possible. Oh, Lord Jesus, nice and hot. Ooh, shadow, don't say that. Wow. Wow. Trailblazing people move by instinct because there is nothing outward that suggests that what they see inwardly is possible. Wow. That's so you're so- talking about faith. Hmm? You're talking about faith. Mm, girl. Mm. Faith is what? Believing in the things that have not yet manifested. Yep. It's the um, evidence of things what? Evidence of things and have not. What is the evidence of things? Um, it's the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things unseen. Right. But 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 that statement that he just made about a trailblazer is not is basically saying that it is something that is innate inside of us versus it's something that we can emulate because it's not there. Right, and it takes faith to walk out and walk in that fashion. Mm. Because you cannot verbally explain that to a person who. Mm. It cannot be verbally explained or expressed where it would be received as understood. Well, it can't even be it can't be articulated because they don't have that in them automatically because they haven't seen it. It's hard for me to explain to you something that you're not. Mm. So, and then on top of that, it's hard for me to articulate it to you because of the fact that. You're talking about me and judging me because this is who I am. But it's also hard for me to articulate something that I'm still skeptical about. I'm still trying to figure it out myself. Hello. <laughs> That's but, true. Because let's be me, fair and but, honest. Because it's in me and my and I'm walking in this fashion because I am learning to yeah. trust God more. Come on. Mm. I still, and I am still doing this, even though I am, um, everything is coming to me in the spirit, because I am a fleshly being, I'm still straddling the fence. Because I am learning, I am growing, I am maturing, and how in the heck can I articulate something I'm still trying to figure out? Are you, is that, do you want, can I answer that question? Go for it. Because I trust him. Mm-hmm. That's the only that's the only way for me to move. Because if not, fear will stricken me to do anything. Right. But because I have seen his track record, and I know the Bible says, "For he's not a man that he should not not leave the son of man that he should repent." And if he said it, then therefore he'll do it. 
I and can go back is, to the fact that if you're saying that this is where I'm going to make sure that I bless you because I, I, I didn't put it on any animal. I didn't put it on any, any cow, any, any other deity. I basically promised myself and your forefathers that I would make sure that you're, you're blessed. I'm not being I'm not not being cocky. I'm not being a, a jerk about this. I'm saying that because we have all had our experiences with him and we know him, I believe that that's where he pushes and prompts our spirit to trust him. Just like um yesterday, um not yesterday. What was it? Um yesterday yesterday. I had a situation at work and um, I, I'm going to explain to y'all what I knew. And it was the death angel that was in the room with us. My patient was up all night long. And he kept on talking about the dark, the dark, the dark, the dark, the dark, because he was so uneasy. So I cut the lights off because I know he saw something, and I know I felt something. But I was in the other room, but it was just a cold wind, and it just swept through, and it felt like I was in my hospice unit. So I started praying, and I said, God, right now, I need some help. And I just went through the house praying. And honestly, dear, my right hand to God is, you know what I heard while I was praying? You on the call when you literally went in. You you just went all the way there. And that's what I heard in my ear. And that was the push that was helping me pray. To get there, what you were praying about on the call, I don't even remember what you were praying about on the call. But in my ear, that's what I heard, you speaking in tongues and praying. And um, I stayed up all night long, and, and I literally watched, and I prayed the whole time. And I said, okay, God, I said, I need to understand this. And when I got done with it, then I heard Sam say, Mark, it's everything that you hate and you're afraid of. <laughs> and then I said, okay. And I was by myself. I couldn't pick up the phone and text nobody. I said, okay, God. I said, I know I am doing what you said. And I know that I have the back of my team and the people that I love and trust with me. I said, what, what, can, what, what can I do? He said, it's not the fact of what you could do. It's the fact that you did not back away with what I know that you were not comfortable with. But I don't. Ha- I can't pick up the phone and call one of my friends who don't know God and be like, "The death angels in the room. I need you to do something with me," because they could tell me I'm crazy or something such. But the thing of it is that because it's in me, I know I could. I know I could fight that thing. I know I could war in the spirituals in the heavenlies with something that they call power with your tongue. I know I can do it, but it's in in, in me. But I can't tell that to everybody. But because I know I can trust him, I know I felt comfortable in the in the face of death, and I knew what it was because you felt it on my hospice units when I was there. It was the same thing. It was literally hot in there, and it was just like a cold, deep, dark, and thick wind that just blew in the room. Even with cover, you could you could still feel it like piercing you. And he kept on saying the dark, the dark, the dark, and I'm like. I cut the light on, I didn't see anything, and I'm still praying. I'm sitting next to him praying, rubbing his arm, and it's just like, I said, oh, Jesus. I have literally faced with that, which freaks me out the most. 
But I was comfortable because I knew God, and I knew he had me, and I knew if I couldn't contain myself and then I didn't stay in the right spirit, I don't know what could have happened. So you basically operated off of instinct. Yeah. Of what you are what, accustomed to. And that's right. what Sam said. He said it's it's sometimes it's in you. Mm-hmm. I only knew I only knew to do one thing there. I didn't know to, I didn't know to do nothing else. I couldn't. I, it, it, honestly, when I felt it, it paralyzed me at first. Because mm-hmm. I was by myself. And, and that's what we're talking about. Because <laughs> cognitively, you could you you didn't even have time to process. Or no, think. I didn't. You I had couldn't. to instinctively act on what God innately gave you. Right. And as you do that. Because it can't be articulated, because you cannot, you know, there, you're cognitively, mentally, you can't even conceive, put together any type of verbiage that can express that. You have to move instinctively, and it's when you look back on it that you may be able to articulate it. Right, right, right. But that's why the Bible says, Eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither has it into the heart of man that I have for you. Because if he were to tell us, it would freak us out because we cannot conceptualize and contain the glory that in which God has basically put bestowed upon us. We can't articulate. We can't understand it because he said that it would, he, that's why he told Moses that if I let you see my glory, it would, it would literally drive you crazy. So I have to let you see my hind parts. So just the sheer shine of the glory where it can't be articulated can basically still stay intact and and be be the manifestation. But if I let you see all of this, what I have in store for you, all of who I am, it it would blow your, it would, it would, it would consume you. Amen. I agree with that. Amen. Amen. Because if I had seen anything of what I experienced, had I seen it in its full (laughs) detail and disclosure, I probably would have made another decision to avoid it because <laughs> it is something I would not have wanted to right. deal with. So, right. I, I, hey, amen, amen. But, again, we can, we, that's why we cannot even give a testimony to these things to be true until we experience them. Right, right. But that's where I, where I think that the, um, John P. Key sang a song, Standing in Your Prayer, and he's like, it's not my mother, it's not my father, mm-hmm. but it's me. Because he's saying that I need to have my own experience before I can tell anybody else about this God that I say that we serve. And, and, I, and I talked about, I tell people all the time, my grandmother has been on the prayer line for almost 38 years now. And, well, no, not almost. She's been on the prayer line for 38 years. I, I'm 38 now. So she's been on the prayer line for 38 years. And I've heard her pray. I know how she prays. I know when she was shifting. I know when she was about to prophesy. I know when she was doing these things. But it's different from when my grandmother is doing it versus when I'm doing it. And and that's why I know have have to we have to have the experience of ourselves. Because even in your situation, 
you have an experience of God that your your father um, doesn't have because of what he believes, or your mother doesn't have because of what they believe, because you've grown to have that experience. See what I'm saying? I hear you, honey. I hear you. <laughs> Sam, did you hear that cussing in the background? Well, Erica cussed? No. <laughs> no, no, I'm saying, she, she said, uh huh, dear, I hear you, but I'm going to yeah. get you later. Look, look, that's what he's saying. He's telling me, yeah, that's why Sam said it like that. Oh, yeah, sure. Mm-mm, I hear you Being funny. Okay. Because, you know, you know, that's the sign of the assassin on their same shit, cut you, and you don't know it. Yeah, well, you ain't got to worry about it, because right now, my, my yeah, Mm-mm, I'm good. If I return back to normal, I might cut you, but right now, I'm straight. But, you know, the other thing, dear, is, like, everything that we've been praying about for these last three weeks literally has been slapping us in the face. And I'm not sure if it started with Ree or not, but for me, this stuff has been slapping in the face. Sam will say, well, Mark, what are you doing with your hands? And I'm like, then you got to pray for people to recover and get healed because they said that my patient had a stroke. He might have had a stroke, but he's still fighting and he's still moving. He's still progressing. And I don't know why, but, but like two weeks ago, I just basically start before I start going in the house. I started anointing my hands with oil. It's, and again, it's not something that I I would normally do for a patient, but because I know that they don't, his wife doesn't believe in the fact that we're interacting and touching, and, and it's something that new for me that's different. I said, okay, I need some help that I know that I can't do on my own. And there again, that's something innate that we do versus something that is. I know what the Bible says. But that's still something innate that we're doing that on the inside that you wouldn't be able to articulate to somebody who doesn't believe God. Like, why you got oil again? Why you got blessed oil? What, what's that for? And I'm so crazy enough that I got my blessed oil in a hand sanitizer um, container so they don't act like they don't know what it is. <laughs> I understand. Good morning, America, Mark and Sam. Good morning. Hey. Well, you were just mentioning that yesterday a friend of ours called and said, my father's suicidal, and he could take his life today. And uh, we were we were um, going over to the house, and the spirit said, get some olive oil. And he wasn't home. So Louie went over and anointed all the doors and windows of his house. And his daughter already does this because I had suggested this to her before. And every time he goes into their house, he leaves. Um, He can't handle the spirits that are in that house. So we anointed his doors and his windows last night. And his daughter was so happy we did that because... He's both. He's ADHD and bipolar, and he's getting evicted from his home, and a lot of things are happening to him. And it's just for him, it's overwhelming. And 
in the past, he's tried to kill himself. One time he tried to drink a gallon of, of gasoline. So we were taking this very seriously, and Post Guard just said, go anoint his house. Just go anoint the house. And so, like you, Mark, we were doing things that, in the natural, we would not even think of. And I kept saying, Holy Spirit, I don't know what to do, but you do. Show me what you want me to do. Please, God, help me. I need your help. Please, God, just help me. And as as we went over to Walmart, I said, I said to Louie, go get the olive oil. Because we had done that in our house, you know. And so, it, you know, that's what we did. And um, we put the bread of Jesus over each door in the name of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And then he said a prayer over each door and window for protection and for sound mind and sound body for him. And see, he's had strokes and many heart attacks. And so he's got all these things going on in, in his mind, soul, and body. And there's complete, you know, it's odd because I can't tell between the fact that he's delusional or if he's spirit filled. He speaks in tongues, but I can't I can't discern between whether whether it's God or whether it's him. You know, so we we just leave it alone and 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 give him his space. But he he's getting evicted at the end of the year, and so he's just panicking and stuff. So we've we've really been lifting him up in prayer. His name is Lionel. Um, but when he came to the house, um, on Sunday, there was a demon in the house. I think I told Sam this. There was a demon in the house, and I was taking a nap, and I looked up, and there it was, and it looked at me, and it fled right out the window, right out the door. And I told Lily, I said, that, that was different, because I seen it, number one, and number two, it left, because it seen me. And it didn't see me. It seemed Jesus in me, and I thought, wow. So to Sam, that's a whole new level for me. Uh, wow, you know. But see, then then on the other hand, I've been going through this thing with my shoulder. I had shoulder surgery in, in uh, March, March 7th, and a rotator cuff, but they never cut into the the rotator. They, they did some spurs and cleanup job on it. But... Because of my tra- but because of my transplant, I have not been able to recover fast. And so the pain level, every morning I get up, I'm crying. Okay. Every morning I, I get up, I'm in pain and I'm crying because the level is about an eight. And I'm like, I'm crying, God. And, and I'm emotional. So I, I wake up in the soul. And then I get to the point where I say, okay, God, right by the way, I'm crying out to God. God, I cannot handle this pain if you do not help me. Give me your peace and help me, God, because I cannot do this. So I'm like, I'm at my wits in every time I get up. So I'm just saying, okay, basically, I'm saying, God, I got to have you in everything, you know, my mind, my emotions, and my soul, my spirit, my body. I have to have you, God. I have to have you. Because these days, I, you know, even to function in the house, I completely shut down, slow down. And, and when I eat, I have to work half an hour. There's so many things that my body 
is adjusting to, you know. And so it's been very, very different for me, you know. I've, I've had to shift my whole lifestyle around because of the photography. Being dressed is a challenge, tying my shoes is a challenge, just things that, that, that people would take for granted. I don't take for granted anymore. When I can do those things at night, it's uh, there are days that are just absolutely painful. Like today is one of those days. I'm just, I got the ice pack on, then I'm going to put the heat pad on. And um, I'm only allowed yeah, to take Tylenol yeah. now. So, yeah, I'm sorry. That's my job story for the day. So, that's about it. Hey, Renee, can you mute your phone? Hey. Hey, can you mute your phone? Thanks. I got like page to read. I'm going to read that. Since we are made in the image of our creator, I'm convinced that our instincts also bear the imprint of the divine. As human beings, we not only possess the instinct for survival, just as any other living creature does, but we also have instincts for purpose, fulfillment, and dominion. God made us to reflect his creativity, resourcefulness, and imagination. He wants us to see beyond the literal, above the bottom line, and beneath the surface of appearances. We all have access to the same information and opportunities, but some of us never go beyond what is required to add to the task what is inspired. In this highly competitive world we live in today, meeting demand will never produce exceptional results. These people exceeded what was commanded of them and veered into the creative to which there was, was no previous point of reference. Trailblazing people move by instinct because there is nothing outward that suggests that what they see inwardly is possible. Like a good detective on a crime scene, they look for clues but don't ignore the unsubstantiated hunches that have often solved cases. They combine instincts with intelli- intellect to discover a new way of seeing what's missing in plain sight. Mm. I like that. <laughs> By instinct, because there's nothing outward that suggests that what's inwardly is. Like a good detective on a Thing. They look for clues don't ignore the unsubstantiated hunches that have often solved cases. They combine instincts with an intellect to discover a new way of seeing what's missing in plain sight. People who combine these two are far more likely to excel than people who only operate according to job descriptions and acceptable past practices. They unlock the undiscovered treasures of instinctively formed creativity. They enhance their life's work by not limiting themselves to the scripts and structure of other people's minds. As I look in the window more closely, I notice that these people did more than shatter glass ceilings. They literally tore the roof off the status quo. There is indeed a great deal of difference between a job and a career, a place of employment and a destiny. Finding the thing you were created to do can be a dubious task, highlighted by the fact we generally don't have time to do the soul-searching that is required to find the hidden clues to unlock our fullest and best potential. Instead, we fill out an application, gain a reasonably good-paying job, one who found the thing they were created to do. This often underutilized, and so many people feel stuck at a certain stage, even as long as they're even as long, 
even as they long to be more productive. Beyond pursuing the direction of the instinct, as you have done at times, the question remains, have you maximized your findings or only stored the data and acquiesced to the mundane routine of fitting in what has already been done? And I'm stopping it there. Okay. Hey Sam, that missed that that passage that you read about the actual um, the detective searching for those searching for his signs and, and signs for things like that. that you want me to read that again? Say, yeah, because I was I was gonna say something about that. Yeah, if you don't mind. Okay, hold on. Okay, trailblazing people move by instinct because there's nothing outward that suggests that what they see inwardly is possible. Like a good detective on a crime scene, they look for clues but don't ignore the unsubstantiated hunches that often solve cases. They combine instincts with intellect to discover a new way of seeing what's missing in plain sight. That's that's the same way that we do when we get insight in the spirit to basically give instruction. And we're hearing what they're saying and then basically detecting the clues like 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 it says and then basically rearticulating what we hear <laughs> in the spiritual realm as well as we who are spiritual we see these things that are signs that could be meaning that I don't want to say demonic or questionable I'll say questionable and then that's how we have a a scene to react about what we should do next how we should do it because of the fact that we don't have all the clues being being the people that we are. We just have to understand and know what God is saying and how he's doing because of the fact of where the person is and where we are in the juncture of basically sharing with them. You there? I'm sorry. I was talking. I was on mute. <laughs> I was. You got that in? Yeah, coffee. I was saying if we if we get an understanding of how God created us to be with us, <laughs> leading our, our bodies and our souls, then all of us have access to our spirit, man, and we can tap in from there. That's how God ordained this thing to be. So all of us can go wow. there and learn and grow and increase, but it's up to us to. To yield to that, so you know, so we're saying we're saying instincts, but we're ta- we're saying the word instinct because that's the book we're coming out of. But let's take you know, spiritually, that's how God had ordained for us to walk. So are you are you going to are you going to replace instincts with yielding? Um, you know what? That's a good way to say that, Mark. <laughs> I mean, I would say that's a real good way to say it. I was even even a little bit more because yielding to what? Well, the reason why I say yielding is because yielding comes from the standpoint of we said that we're going to use the book's connotation, but we're going to use it from a spiritual reference. Mm-hmm. Yielding, the way that we're speaking of yielding, is everything, it, yielding by itself is a good word, mm-hmm. but yielding by itself as a practice is a, a major 
situation because it's just not basically hearing what the Spirit says. Yielding means doing. Again, that's that application word. An application. When you have applied, then you get the experience. So, so yeah, and I guess that's why I said yielding. I hesitated because I knew that it was more to it than just yielding. Yeah, because if you say, if you had a yield sign, you have to you have to go beyond the fact it's just a yield sign. You have to think about all the other things. Look at it. Yielding means that you have to stop. Yielding means that you have to look. Well, Everybody else around you. Yielding does not mean it's a green light or a red light or it's bumping the road. Yielding means that all of these things are on yield side. So if you want to survive, basically you need to be using offenses. And that and the same thing is what we're when we're in the spiritual realm, there's some things that we have to use all of our senses for as well as some things that we don't necessarily know that are still there, but we use them because of the fact that it's like, okay, um, I I love this reference because I love the Thundercats. But when Lionel used to use the Sword of Omens and he'd have the, the, the perception, and I'm going to say perception because I can't say that he's prophesying on cartoons, but that's what I want to say. But when he had the perception, he had to yield himself well, to the actual sword to see what the what the projection was for the future and then come back to tell them what they had to be prepared for to do. So with that being said, the, the yielding had to be mind, body, and spirit and subject yourself to that to come back to forewarn that in which the people that he was responsible for. That's the same thing that we do. It's the same perception of how we seek in the spirit to basically prophesy to talk about that in which is going to come, and then we have to be subjected to the spirit to basically understand how we're going to articulate it and share, and basically him to use us. Those are all yielding situations that we are availing ourselves to basically be um Use. I'm available. The song says I'm available to you. Be used. So you talking about Lionel will say, "Give me sight, be on sight." Yes, that's what that's what he's doing. He's 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 technically prophesying and basically seeing in the projection of the future, and then come back to tell his troop what, what's going to happen and how they need to handle it. And the funny thing is, is that the sight beyond sight was always about the demons that they were fighting. Do you remember that? Sam, I have a question. Sam? He's probably talking, Sherry, like you said earlier. What's your question? Oh, I was just going to say, sometimes it's our soul. 
like when I get up in the morning, I'm crying, I'm emotional, I'm hurting, my pain is like an eight, and I'm I'm like I'm in pain, and and I go through this every single morning, and and God is 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 growing me up, and because every morning, like like you had mentioned, I'm committing, I'm submitting, I'm calling out. I cannot do this. If you don't help me, I cannot do anything. I can't. My body won't, you know, I, I have to overcome all these things today, God. And, and I'm submitting to you everything. And Holy Spirit, you're just going to have to take it. Well, and what's your question, Jerry? Oh, my question is sometimes it's not demons. Sometimes it's the soul, you know, our mind over our emotions that we battle with, and so I'm, I'm thinking, you know, a lot of times people say it's a demon. When when, when can you tell when it's um, from a demonic thing and when it's from a, spirit, uh, a soulish thing? Well, that in which is the soul, since it's not the spirit, it can already be articulated that it's not of Christ, correct? So... No, your mind is your mind. So, I'm asking, so if, it, if it's not well, from the spiritual realm. Well, it's not in the spiritual realm. It's mind, will, or emotions. So, if we know that if it's mind, will, and emotions, and it is not from the spirit, then right. how could you be spiritual, correct? Right. So, what else could it be? Flesh. Well, the Bible says well, flesh has no good thing, correct? Right. So, again, how can we articulate that? Sin. I want you to answer that question. That's sin. That's Hello, sin. how you doing? I'm fine, and you That's sin. So if it's sin, and we know that it is of the flesh, and we know that it is of a non-spiritual nature, right. what do you articulate it to be? I need you to put in the past code and stuff again so it kicks it back out. Say that again, Mark. If it is of the flesh and it is of um, this flesh and it is of the, you said the, you said the mind, body, and soul. If you said it is of the those natures and it is not spiritual, what do you articulate it to be? Sin. What is sin? An offense to God. Okay, the offense to God, is it mm-hmm. spiritual or demonic? Okay. Okay. I said there was a difference between the flesh and the spirit. No, I, I, again, I'm asking you to articulate oh. your okay. question because it's so that it, you're it, basically... It, 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 uh-uh. it, if, it's, if it's demonic, then, then i got to get rid of it. <laughs> Because it hits every morning when I get up, it's a pain. Huh? Every time I wake up, I'm I'm in pain. And that's a physical manifestation. What? Did you try to best buy? I know, but they still will. See what components may feel they can go and put on to another TV of that caliber, and they go I ahead and get enough, and they make it money. Yeah. I was giving it to you know, the Oh, okay. That. You know, I don't give it to them. I okay, I don't blame you. If I had to disassemble it, you put it in the garbage. 
It's not like it's in Thank you. Now, now we'll go back to this thing. Eventually, I get emotional. Eventually, when I wake up in the morning, I'm already sinning because I'm already emotional when I get up. Because I'm crying because of the pain. Mm-hmm. And I'm getting emotional and all worked up about it. So then I have to process through that and repent of it and ask God to help me. And then, you know, then I begin to pray in tongues and, and ask God to help me get through that. And then, then I'm at okay. peace for the day. But that, that first initial moment when I wake up, I'm in the, I'm in, I'm in the flesh, I'm in the soul, which means I'm being attacked by an enemy before I wake up, I suppose. Okay, we still there. What's going on? Um, Sherry was asking questions and she couldn't hear and she hung up because she said everybody's talking. I don't know what exactly um Well I know Renee there. got a background noise going on. I got noise too. Sound like she finally muted. That's right. I mean, I just I didn't hear the questions because she was asking a question, and uh, uh, I think it was a level of concern of from her. She that maybe got offended, maybe and left. Okay. Um, any other questions, comments, criticisms? No, we don't. We're not criticizing. How's everybody doing on the fast? I don't know. I'm drinking my juice. Yeah. <laughs> look, I ain't even gonna lie. I don't know how y'all doing. <laughs> brother, you know what? You know I'm proud of myself. You know what I did, brother? Was that? I had a whole naked by myself, and I drank it. I normally drink Boathouse, but Boathouse had too much sugar. Boathouse. Yeah, Boathouse is a juicer kind of thing. I haven't bought myself a juicer yet, but okay. Um, but Naked and Boathouse are pretty pretty big brands. Okay. Um, so I one of my demons was sugar, so I cut it out. Oh, okay. Um, one, 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 one of my issues is sugar, so I stopped drinking. So I had, yesterday I went to um, Chick-fil-A because I needed to get something to eat. And they gave me uh, tea and lemonade. And, brother, when I tell you, I have, now, mind you, these last two weeks I've been drinking straight green tea, no sugar. 
and it's refreshing and, and all that stuff. I drank that um, that um, tea lemonade, and it was so disgusting to me. You say you drank what? The sweet tea and the lemonade. It was so oh. disgusting to me. <laughs> because, I mean, I, it's it's the true thing. If you take something out of and you ask God to remove the taste out of your mouth for some things, he will. Because, I mean, I drink tea. I drink sweet tea all of the time. But I just stopped drinking it since I've been over at my patient's house, and it's not, it, it's not the same anymore. Mm. And that's the, that's the thing. If you stop doing something, God honestly will remove the taste out of your mouth from those things. So I, I have been doing pretty decent. I haven't even been getting upset at people as I normally would because I'm trying to get this thing right. <laughs> I, I really am. And the, and the new girl, she is, she, when I tell you, she is she is trying to let patience have its perfect work in me. Oh, 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 oh! Isn't that special? Sound like you're having fun. Sam, you know I like you know I like to shoot off like the Fourth of July. Mm-hmm. Sam, he's taking my bullets away. Ooh, I don't like it. Mm. I'm like, I think Jesus got to get out one shot. He said, if you shoot one time, you start over. <laughs> mm, that's funny. Wow. But, I mean, but Sam, you know, you know, a few years ago, Sam, I would have said, "Hey, hey I'm starting over." <laughs> <laughs> wow. You know, you know, Sam, you know, I'd be like, "I'm just gonna have to start over. I ain't doing it." So I just say, "Okay." Wow. All about growth. It's all about growth. Alrighty. Okay. Let's see the mesh tape. Well, um, nothing else. I guess we can take prayer requests. I tell you what, uh, we can do prayer requests. Mark, why don't you handle them for the first few minutes, and then I can come in after that. Okay. All right, thanks. The line is now open for a prayer request on Talk Shoes. Anybody want prayer? Hey, I would say they better run fast, but now nah, you throw bricks too, so. <laughs> you said what? I was going to say, they better come and get you fast and quick. I said, but no, nah, you throw bricks too, so. <laughs> oh, listen. Listen, I am the true emulation of my brother. I stand proxy for my brother. I will throw bricks with you. <laughs> but they already know if one of us starts, the other one's going to finish, so it don't matter. <laughs> so you oh, might yeah, as well just true. get ready. That's true. And if they don't say nothing, I'm going to start picking people. <laughs> Oh, that's okay. We'll get Picky Pam, Picky Pam. Now she like, oh, no, you, know what? you know who I was thinking about first? What? Lisa. Last night or something. You said what? I'm asking Sam, did he dream about me last night or something? He just been bothering me all day. Wrong line, wrong line, wrong line. <laughs> wrong line. <laughs> we, are hey, the, we, are staying, we are staying in the spirit. Where you are going is in the different realm. 
Oh no, I'm in the spirit. How how can I? Well, I I know the dreams that I would come to. <laughs> I look past that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Leave, leave it alone. Leave it alone. Look, Sam, we gonna pray for Pam and keep her mind keep her mind stay on Jesus. <laughs> All right, um, anybody seriously want prayer? You can go ahead and pray for me. My mind was on Jesus. You took it there, not me. Well, I've just, I was just making sure because you know I'm trying to keep uh-huh. my, uh-huh. I'm trying to keep my mind intact. Uh-huh. I'm trying to keep uh-huh. myself in in, in in that realm. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't need no, I don't need no excuses. Be like Jesus, Pam did that. No, no, no. Why did? What did you do when Pam did that? Can't keep my mind on you. <laughs> now you take, you're taking a page out of Sam's book, too, blaming me for everything. That's my brother. Dear Heavenly Father, we just come right now. Just simply saying thank you, Father God, for you being God alone, Father God, allowing us to rise above this day and basically stand on this earth that you have called and created for us and said, let there be, Father. We ask that you would continue to put a head of protection around our sister, Father God, and we ask that you would allow her to see those things that you have basically promised, Father God. We ask that you allow those manifestations to come apart or be a part of our life, Father God. We ask you to take her back to the dream that you gave her, Father God, so she can be at peace with the things that are concerning her, Father God, because she says that you have given her a promise, Father God, and we stand on that promise and we stand with her and agree, Father God, because you said if there's two or more standing in agreement for anything, it's up to you in heaven to perform it, Father God. And we ask that you... Do what you do best, Father God, and that's be God. And we ask that you perform it. And, Father God, we ask that you put her on display, and we ask that you would show those that are around her that you are the God that she serves and she loves, Father God. We ask that you would understand that it is a process for us to know that you are doing exactly um, what it is that um, you have basically promised, Father God. And we just stand on that word that, Father God, you are not a man that you should lie, neither the son of man that you should repent, Father God. And therefore, if you said it, you should do it. And we just agree right now, Father God, that you're going to do it. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 I felt that thing. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody else? Oh, good morning. You can pray for Renee. Good morning, Sister Renee. Good morning. Okay. Father, right now, we just come on behalf of our sister, Father God. We actually lift her up, Father God, and we ask that you would put her on the pedestal to let them know that you do a beautiful work, Father God, and allow the beautiful work to be seen from near and afar, Father God. We ask that you would touch her business, and we ask that you would touch her family, Father God. We ask that you touch her life, her mind, body, and spirit, Father God. We ask that you would allow her to basically pour into the families that she deals with, Father God, as well as the people that are around her, Father God. We ask that you put a shield of protection around her, as well as her family, her um, her, 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 her kin, as well as the people that work with her, Father God, and work for her, Father. We ask that you would allow her to reap a harvest that she has not seen, Father God. We ask that you would allow streams of income to flow into her life, Father God, that she had thought about and dreamed about, Father God, but actually now we're asking that you manifest those things and basically allow that money, the, the, the finances, as well as the businesses and all of the things that you have given her from the wisdom, Father God, to matriculate now into her life, Father God. We ask that you open up the windows of heaven, Father God, and pour out a blessing that she had no room enough to receive, Father God. And you said then you would cause men to give up their bosom, Father God, for her faithfulness and her diligence and her her, her 
her understanding of who you are, Father God, and who she is. And we ask these things in your name and pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Anybody else? The only other person on the uh, on the line, Mark, is um, is Erica. Um, I was going to get her. I wanted her to come back though, because I was going to get her anyway. I knew she was. Anybody, anything, anybody else have any other discussions right now? Because we'll play for, um, we'll pray for Moses um, later as well. He'll come back when you hear him calling Moses. Anybody? Pam, how's your fast going? Or are you fasting? Mm-hmm. How's your how's your fast going? If you're fasting. um my my I fast on um on Mondays. Uh, no food, no water, and uh, it is. Let's just say every week it's an adventure. Are you seeing um, anything, hearing anything, or, or doing anything different? Oh, You say, am I hearing or seeing anything different? Um, Experiencing different changes in my in my um, in my body. Hey Pam, why don't you tell them about your experience with reading the Word of God? Oh, you mean what I told you the other day? Um, when I do my confessions, when I say them out loud, I get really, I get really sleepy. Um, I yawn a lot. Sometimes I can barely keep my eyes open. Um, I mean, I can just wake up and 
you know, and, and it'll still happen. But mo- this Monday, when I did my confessions, I didn't say them out loud. I just said them to myself. And um, and I didn't have any problems at all. I was able to get through them, no yawning, no no problems with, with being sleepy or anything. And so I had um, I had asked uh, Sam about that because I was just curious, um, you know, because it was such a major difference in um, in how I reacted to it. And so I was um, I was asking him about that um, on Monday. Okay, uh, that that that's a concern. Uh, if, I mean, if anything, that's a concern. Because if you're basically making confessions outwardly and expressing them outwardly, and um, and you basically get tired, that is something that's desiring of you to have no, not those confessions to get rid of some things. Say that again. Okay, you just said that you speak of your confessions, and then from there, when you speak of your confessions you get tired when you're basically speaking out loud, correct? Right. When I, when I say them out loud, um, or, or when I read the Bible, period, when I, when I do it out loud, I get so incredibly sleepy. That's, like a, that's literally like a, a spiritual attack. Trying to get me to stop. Yeah, you're not. You're trying to basically make confessions to say, "Hey, I want to do different," but then you get sleepy because you can't finish to art finish articulating what you want to say to get out to basically make you a better person. When you're reading the Bible out loud versus you basically reading, reading by itself is it makes us tired as well. But my suggestion to that is there are applications on the Bible that basically reads, so it's basically being proclaimed. So you could actually even try that in your house as well with you, where it reads the Bible to you as well as you reading it yourself. You can read it, but it's basically saying those things as well. Since, since I hear you're saying that you, when you say these things, there's a physical, there's a physical, um, there's a physical reaction mm-hmm. by you being tired or it's just like a physical reaction. Is all. I'll just leave it at that. That's a concern to me because you're saying that you're, you're, um, you're praying, making confessions and reading the Bible, and then all of a sudden you're getting sleepy and tired. So I would suggest you possibly um, allowing the Bible to read, uh, read itself or not read itself, but basically – there's a version of it. I believe it's the um, the one. If you go into the application, it's the Brown Bible, and you can side into it. I think it's U Vision or whatever, and it can it will read the scriptures as well to us. I don't do well with that though. You know, um, you know, like 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 the books on tape type of thing, because I'll end up tuning it out. Well, maybe you should do that while you're doing something else, like when you're moving around the house, but you're basically playing it so you're active, so you're not just sitting there and just like in a in a relaxed state to go to sleep. 
and I'm just basically speaking of this from the standpoint of hearing what's going on from what you're telling me and mm-hmm. seeing that it's a possibility that you need the word of God to basically be proclaimed in your house and allowed and it be something that just saturates in, in the space. That's what I'm, that's what I was thinking and hearing. Okay. You know what, when he's talking, I mean, uh, cause, well, I kind of told her the same thing, but when you were talking about what made me think about what she can do, okay, understanding, okay, all types of prayer, understanding our spirit, soul, and body. What he's saying, in addition to you reading the Bible, or um, play gospel, scripture, or whatever, and let yeah. your spirit wow. absorb it, in addition to that. So that's another way that you're still feeding your spirit. But okay. as well as changing her atmosphere, that because that doesn't. It's I'm not being funny, but they don't sound right to me. No. <laughs> see what I told her too, Mark. See that's also that's an area of weakness for her. So she can't afford to back down from it. She must confront this thing. That's an right. area of weakness. So right. It's a, it's a spiritual attack. Bottom line. So since that's an area of weakness, she has to confront it. She can't. So now add to your armory. So continue doing what you're doing. But like I said, I think that's a good idea. Play tapes or whatever else that will continuously feed your spirit even while you sleep. Because, see, you're, you're, again, you're stuck. You know, when winter, winter, you got a storm, a snowstorm, and that tire starts spinning, then, it did, you know, you get a ditch, and it's harder for you to come out. You can't just come out with average strength. So you need to get unstuck. So you must continue doing what you're doing, but add to it. And um, I would like to just say this. Um, Satan wants to keep you stuck. You said what? Satan wants to keep her stuck. Uh, Satan wants to keep her stuck. And that um, I would also recommend, even though... You, your past experience is that you don't do well when you hear books on tape. Um, is that even when you hear it, just as you can do other things like play gospel music in the background, um, make sure that you're, you know, busy doing other things so that it will uh, <clears throat> eliminate you getting um, sleepy or you know, lackadaisical about what you're doing is that you may have to press against that spirit that doesn't want you to read and hear that you may want to read along with the tape because you're going to have to build your stamina. It's just like doing sit-ups. You can't do 10 sit-ups, but you're going to have to keep pressing to do 15 because you're going to have to break that cycle. Right. So, um, in in bottom, uh, I mean, you just gonna ha- you're gonna have to work really, really hard because the spirit of Satan wants to keep you in this stuck place. So you, it's almost like doing a song and dance. You're gonna have to work really hard at it. It's just like, you know, doing a workout regimen. Dang, I don't want to get up and work out today, but I'm going to get up and I have to do it. I'm going to have to push myself past this 
thing of being uncomfortable. Okay. I mean, because once I, I mean, you know, once I start, I mean, I don't stop. You know, I mean, I'll finish the the confessions, but I'm not doing them every day like I'm supposed to, and that's probably why. Here's a scripture that I found that might be applicable to some, because what I what I what I'm what I what I see and what I hear and I. I don't necessarily even want this to feel like a challenge at all, but what I see and what I hear is this, is that the bondage that needs to be broken is the fact that there's a, there's a, like Erica said, when she was saying that there's a wall, I think that Erica was saying that there, I don't think she said a wall, but technically a wall there that basically will basically halts you from getting beyond the break. And there has to be a confession that breaks the the under breaks breaks down that barrier. And and um the this scripture in Nehemiah one and six says, Let thine ear now be attentive and thy eyes thine eyes open um, that thou mayest hear the prayer of thy servant which I pray before thee now, day and night for the children of Israel, thy servant, and confess the sins of the children of Israel, which have sinned against thee. Both I and my father's house, house have sinned. And, 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 that, and that scripture that takes us to the place of, Father, I know that there's some issues that I've had and there's some baggage that I've had. But I want you to hear from me. So therefore, uh, <clears throat> therefore, bind that is which is distracting in my atmosphere, so I can pray for my house and my father's house. You get what I'm saying? Okay. It's a prayer. I mean, it might not even necessarily be that one, but I was looking for a prayer that could um, bind the atmosphere so you can actually allow the spiritual realm to saturate. Because right now, if it's touch and go, it's it's not a consistent place for him to saturate. It's not a consistent place for him to inhabit. It's not a consistent space for him to basically keep your spirit in tune to warn you, to basically to share with you, to basically do um, um to do what you would have he would have you to do. Hello. Yeah, I'm still here. Does that make sense to you? It does. Um, overall, the message that I'm getting is that I, I got to keep pushing. But see, oh, you need to push the harder. Way, the way that you say you got to keep pushing, it to me, it's just like you've been trying to keep pushing and you ain't been pushing. So, therefore, 
You need something to motivate you. So basically, don't take. Here's here's what it is. What I hear when when I hear you say I got to keep pushing, I feel I don't I do not feel like being contrary today, but I, that's kind of how how it's coming across. Um, what I hear when you say keep pushing is I got to keep doing it. But clearly, your method your methods have not been working. So therefore, now you have to have something to motivate you to push you. You said that you don't do well with reading. Don't would be do well with like something reading for you because you tune it out. But sometimes you don't have to be tuned in. It could just basically be feeding your spirit. It don't have nothing to do with Pam, but it has everything to do with feeding your spirit. And then when you are faced against something, those same things that you said you've been tuned out from is basically what's going to bubble up in your spirit, and you're going to start to say, recite, and all of those things because you have been hearing it. Um, uh, what am I thinking of, um, Erica? Come on, what that? It's you're, osmosis. You're, not by, no, not osmosis. It's um, subconsciously. Okay. Let me tell you what I hear. Let me tell you what I hear. Okay. This is I, what I, I hear. That you are um, acting out a behavior that you have heard and you have heard via other people's testimony that this is what I should do and this should help me. And what that says is that you're straddling the fence. This is what I hear, that you're straddling the fence with your belief. I hear that, hmm, I don't, this is what, I I hear this is what I should do and this should help me, but I don't really know if it should help me or if it's going to help me. So you are at this place where you have to, as I said on the call yesterday, you have to cry out to God and ask him to meet you in your unbelief. To reveal himself to you in the areas that you are straddling the fence with. Because it sounds to me that your spirit is in one of the most serious fights of its life. And please forgive me. But I will say my experience with Maria for a month, God allowed me to see some stuff that I stood there and tried to figure out what the hell. Yep. And what I say, when I say this, there, can, there is a spirit that will fight against your will to do something different. And if you, you, you have to, if you don't ask God to meet you in your unbelief, your uncertainty, my, in you, whatever those weak areas are for you, the spirit of Satan can definitely take over. And so it's when you have to give a crap about everything that's going on in your life, about what is going on around you that you give your everything to God and so he can show you things that your eyes have never believed before, your mind has never fathomed before, and your spirit has never, ever felt before. 
Because as I mentioned yesterday, once he gets you to this place where you know the only way and the only reason you have gotten to your your specified destination is because he has saved you and his grace and mercy has ushered you where you are. And you begin to open your heart up to let him touch those places that you don't know what the hell is going on, why the hell is happening, and for whatever reason. That's good. And, and dear, I honestly felt the same way. I just didn't want to be like, well, your atmosphere is not right, because I don't know Pam from that standpoint, but yeah, I, I really uh, I believe. Know. I heard you. I felt you. But it's beyond the atmosphere. This is well, something this, that is, has to come from within. But, but you know, that, actually, it's, but it's, 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 when you said that, I wanted to go even further. It's a, it's a soul tie that she's attached yeah, to. Yeah, okay. Yes, God, it is. It is. And, it's, and, it, and the reason why it's a soul tie is because it's so hard for her to do it by herself. Yeah, it is. And it's so hard for her to do it by herself because of the fact that it has gone to, okay, Adia, so. You're talking about so you have to go there. You have to go there. This is something that basically is like an old man that you dated. And I'm not talking about a person. I'm saying the, the soul tie is like an old man that you dated where you basically say, that's Bob. He always going to be Bob. He act like Bob today. He's going to be Bob tomorrow. And, and it's just Bob. And I've just grown used to Bob. And I'm not going to make him change. And, and I will interject Bob, and say familiarity. Right. You know it so well that you have become comfortable with it. Right. Go ahead. So go ahead. I'm, so um, um, so with that being said, because it has become familiar with you, oh yeah, so you have taken on their, you have taken on its attributes. And because you've taken on its attributes, it's been an anchor there that has trolled the ground and the bottom of the sea forever now. And just like now you're trying to pull it up, and it's trying to hang on to any and everything that it can hold on to. But, Father, we cast it down now. We rebuke the devourer, Father God, and we ask that you would allow that anchor not to be pulled up, Father God, but the chain to just drop to the sea with the anchor. And, Father God, some of the strongholds that we see, we face, and we deal with, Father God, are not holding us, and we're holding them because it's comfortable. We ask that she allow the broken chain to be released right now, Father God. We ask that she let go of the chain. That has been bound in her, Father God, because you said in your scripture that you have broken the yoke of the of of the of the um you have broken the yoke of the the bondage and the yoke of the bondage, Father God, off of our necks. So it's up to us to re- remove the actual yoke from around us, Father God, and drop it. And we ask that you would allow her to understand that it is not holding her, and she's holding it, Father God, and allow her to have endurance power. 
to take that yoke off from around her neck that you have broken the bars from, Father God, and drop it into the sea and never to return again, Father. Father, I ask that you would do this not in the spiritual, but in the spirit, in the physical and in the mental, Father God. We ask that you would allow her to see herself in the image, in the emulation of who you are, Father God. And we ask that you would allow her to understand that you are doing that in which you promised her to do, Father God. And it does not have to be a long word, Father God. It can be a quick word, but Father God, she has to be willing, obedient, to be able to eat the good of the land, Father God, if she is willing and then therefore obedient, Father God. We ask that you would allow this to manifest into her life, Father God, and just be one of the biggest strongholds be broken along her life, Father God. In these things we pray in your name. Amen. Amen. He thought I had see the amen. 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 Do you understand what 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 what, what I mean? I, I'm not saying I I don't mean that mean that offensively when I say do you understand. I don't know the another different word for you to um to to say there, but do you um do you basically can you see what we're what what we what we're discussing or no? I think I think I think so. I think so. Um to some degree it's almost it's almost beyond me. Um I get what you're saying about having it play in the background. Um, so that it's it's entering my spirit um and entering my subconscious even if I'm not consciously paying attention to it. And that makes sense. That makes sense. And I and I want to say this um, <clears throat> because what what that spirit, the type of confidence that spirit has in you, Come on. Pam, is that it does not have to hesitate or worry that you will not conform to what its desire is for your life. That's how comfortable. Yes, that's it's a how disrespectful spirit. That's how comfortable that spirit is with you. That it says, it doesn't matter what I do, where I go. I trust that Pam will conform and do what I want her to do. And that's why I say you have to cry out to God that you begin to trust him like that spirit trusts you. Mm. Mm. Because that spirit goes to sleep every day and every night. That spirit can travel across the country and still know, regardless of what I do, where I go, Pam is Pam is my dedicated, my dedicated and committed servant. That's what that spirit is. That's the, that's, that's the hold that spirit has on you. <clears throat> and it is so common with you, just like getting up, going to the bathroom. Those things that we do on an everyday basis that we don't give a second thought to, because if the desire is there, it is accustomed to you walking with it and finding it, that it does not have to look for you, because you will look for it. Uh-huh. All righty.
Okay. Look, you got me. I'm glad I was on mute because you had me cussing over here. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Wow. Mm, mm, mm. I'm going back on mute. Well, you know what, Pam? I, I, I'm not. I, I don't mean to ride on your train today. I'm gonna get off eventually. <laughs> even, even, even. I, I, I promise you. Even your responses are the are, are what you've been used to. Your responses are like, like casual, like okay, that's cool. And and I, and, and, and father. I'm talking to Pam, but, Father God, I'm speaking to her spirit. Father, I know that she believes, but help thou her unbelief, because this has been so familiar with her. And, okay, oh, you are a dirty devil, you. This is just not something that you have dealt with. Y'all been fighting with this thing for generations. That's why it's familiar. Erica said it. It could go somewhere and come back and know that you're faithful because it's seen you all the days of your life. That's why it has basically been like something like it. It, it literally, for me, I'm seeing it. It's just like it's just like the cousin that you've grown up with, and you'd be like, oh. That's Bob. That's Sheila. They, they, we, we've been cousins all of our life. We've known each other all this time. And that's why it's so comfortable and familiar. I was trying to figure out why it was so comfortable and familiar, but it has been a struggle and a fight that you guys have dealt with for some years. And you're not the only person in your family that has been dealing and that's that's what we talk about when we speak of the generational things. And 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 Father, we just ask that you come now, and we ask that you would be the Spirit of old. And Father God, we break those curses. We stand in agreement with our sister, Father, and we just ask that you would. Show yourself strong, Father. Father, we ask that you would basically move like never before, Father. We ask that you would just continue to show the authority that you possess and have in your being, Father God, and be God. Father, be God. Father, we ask that you would allow this woman to experience life again with you, Father God, and not things that she was bound with, Father God, not things that she was given and basically in, in, in exchange with, Father God. We ask that you be God now. Be God now, God. Be God to her like never before, Father God. Allow her to wake up when some things in her atmosphere needs to be shifted, Father God. We ask that she speak in her own home, Father God. We ask that she would stand on the word and she basically proclaims in her closet as well as in her house that you inhabit this place, oh God. You are the head of my life. You're the head of my house. And nothing 
that is unlike you should trespass through these walls, the, the, the threshold, only you, God, be the center of my life. Move God. I rebuke you right now, Satan, in the name of Jesus. Anybody there? Amen. Yeah, you good? I'm good. Samuel? I want prayer. I'm not really sure if that's what I should be doing, but I'm just saying. You said what, dear? (laughs) (laughs) What did you say, dear? Prayer, I think. Yeah. I think you. Were, I think you were praying and covering personally, but okay. Well, you know, usually, yeah. When you preach to others, you preach to yourself. So I'm just saying. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we. But you know, the thing of it is, it's not just Pam. It's all of us have. These, some of some of us have some some things that are familiar and unfamiliar, but we have some of the things that we have been stricken with. Honestly, I'm gonna be transparent. Some of the issues that go on in my family with some of my family members aren't because we opened ourselves up to these things. It's been in our family forever. Some of those things. Oh yeah, that's true. I agree. And 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 uh, and 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 I want to and I want to say something that's even uglier that talks about the relationships with these demons that our families deal with. Some of these demons were invited in and basically as a sacrifice. Now you're playing too much. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I'm right, <laughs> but I'm just saying. <laughs> Sam, I'm facing my, I'm facing my demons. I'm becoming a big boy. Some of these things they promised us to these people and these demons. Dear, I'm just telling you what I hear. If I get that man, I dedicate this to you. Ooh, Jesus. If he come back home, this is what I'm going to do. I'll sacrifice my child's in innocence. Come on. Come on. Yeah, I'm standing in the work. I'm standing on him right now. Mm. I know I'm I'm charging into territories I don't even want to go to. Mm. And it, it and and honestly, it's spiritual prostitution. You sold yourself to make sure that you had something where you didn't have to be alone at night. Although you still are. Right. 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 Where you will you will compromise and sacrifice who you are just to make somebody else happy that could care less about whatever else that's going on because they only needed and wanted one thing. And I'm talking to myself. How do I so? My God from Zion. Sacrifice the fact that you should desire to be loved and have somebody love you for who you are and what you are and what you encompass, but they only desire you for one thing. Oh, devil, the tricks and schemes are no longer there anymore. We are exposing you now. Yes, God. God, I ask you to protect all of our hearts. If you can't, if they don't want us for us and who we are and what we possess, Father God, let them not be near us and around us. Amen. Father, we're worth more because you said we have treasures in earthen vessels that you have bestowed upon us and in us, Father God. I ask you to allow us to understand our value right now, Jesus. I don't know what he's trying to stir up right now, but I don't necessarily know I'm comfortable with Eric. Can you pray for me, Eric? This is interesting. I'm not really sure this is the game I was in store for today, but I see you. <laughs> look, look, I don't play fair. Are you thinking your marbles are leaving? Man, I don't even see no marbles. I didn't even, I didn't even bring any marbles. I'm just telling you. <laughs> but you know what? Dear, you know what I'm, I, what I'm trying to understand? I know my brother is on mute and he ain't doing nothing. He's just on mute. I need him <laughs> to figure out. I need him to figure out why he on mute. Well, he on mute to us. 
But he ain't on mute to God, I guarantee you that. Oh, no, I know he ain't on mute to God because I think he's stepping on him too. Yeah. But, but no, I need him to unmute himself and, and project himself in this because we, we all need to come to, to, to a united front. Mm. Okay, the call the call is about to end in a minute. Okay. Are we calling back? Yep. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.